I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So, yeah, when you feel as if your back's against the wall, you never have to feel like you got to do it by yourself. Welcome to Talking Jets. My name's Ryan and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilot. I have Mr. Greenbean. Greenbean, how you doing tonight? What's up, man? Just looking to hang out with you. We get some quality alone time tonight, it seems. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, we're wishing Matt well. He couldn't join us tonight, but he is in our thoughts. Uh, right. And we hope he's listening to this after the fact. Maybe he'll comment down below. If you comment down below after this video has aired, you get entered into our T-shirt giveaway for next week. For every 25 likes we get on this video, we're going to pick a T-shirt qualifier to give away at the end of this stream. Uh, but we are... Excited to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of things going on. You got the whole Derek Carr stuff. You got the Joe Douglas presser. Jets are playing in the Hall of Fame game. Mm. Uh, Greenbean, how are you feeling about the Hall of Fame game in particular as far as like Jets Browns? Well, I like it, man. I think, um, you know, I have to get my, my ass in gear over here. I got to figure out. We should talk too about uh, getting over there for the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. That whole week mm. is going to be very, very interesting. Dude, it's like Jets... No, for no pun intended, but it's like Jet Central over there. <laughs> uh, you know, it's going to be Jet Central over there in Canton uh, with Klecko, Revis, the Jets playing the Hall of Fame game. I mean, in my mind, I view it as like a, 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 a legitimate sign that we're turning the corner. It's like the NFL, it's happening. You know what I mean? So I couldn't mm. be more psyched about it. I hope a lot of us go over there. Pack that stadium full of green jerseys and uh, and let's start the season with a win, even though it's preseason. Yeah, it's interesting too because I'm pretty sure this is a fourth preseason game, right? Like we get an extra preseason game, which is like concerning from an injury standpoint. But at the same time, when you're bringing in a new offense that you want to install, maybe having an extra game of practice isn't really the the worst thing. How do you feel about like the the that sort of like injury versus preparedness, uh, you know, maybe ratio that's going on? But what do you mean? I'm sorry. So the the injury, what was it? Say that again. I'm sorry. So I was just saying how the uh, the like when you are playing in this type of game, you have an extra preseason game. You now have uh, mm. another potential for injury, I guess. Yeah. But you also get to know. install the offense for an extra game. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I hear it with the injury. I think we've gone soft. That's what I think. I think everybody's too focused on the silly on the injury stuff. I'm not saying to ignore it or anything, but man, just go out there, get your team in shape, get them hitting in training camp, get them hitting in practice, go in there, start there, you know, in the, in the hall of fame game, get your team rough, tough, ready to go into the season. That's how I look at it. Just like you said, the second half of that, 
It's the benefit of having that extra game to sharpen your sword. So week one, you're slicing and dicing whoever it is that your opponent may be. I think that uh, makes a lot of sense. I like where yeah. you're coming from. I see everyone saying do a poll. What are they talking about with the poll? What's uh, what's the do question we want to ask? I want to I want to do a poll. What's the question? Poll. Hey, do a poll. Should we start a poll? Ooh, yes or no? Ooh, ooh yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to do a poll. I just don't feel like having to do it twice. Uh, Carson Wentz yeah. sleeper off season. Car versus Rogers. Rogers. Versus, okay, I feel like that's the poll you guys want. Ro- Carson. I mean Rogers that's versus a, that, Car. That's the yeah. That's the question we we've we've been buzzing our brain about for the last <laughs> two seconds. We can't we can't <laughs> escape that question, Ryan. Oh my god, we, we got to do it. Let, let's do it. Let's you and I think of a question. What would be a good question we want to know the answer to? How about this? Do you think the extra game, the Hall of Fame game, is a positive or negative? For going Ooh. into the 2023 season, you heard my two cents. Who the fuck am I? You know what I mean? Let's get everybody else's two cents. So I'm going to go ahead, just so you guys know, like Ryan said, for every 25 likes, we get a t shirt qualifier. If you guys, every week I get accused of rigging this thing, I don't rig anything. You guys hit like, I hit the system, and, the, and it tells us which guy is there. If you want more opportunities to win, go ahead and hit that like button. And uh, let me see who it is that was first, Ryan. I, I did one. I think it's a positive. There it goes. The, the poll is up, right? The poll is up. I want to see. Oh, yeah. I, I, I had somebody. I missed it, though. Where did it go? Uh, William drops in says, uh, I love the offseason. Uh, now, thanks to you guys. Keep up the hard work and go Jets. William, we're here. We're glad to to provide you the content. It is uh, something we really thoroughly enjoy doing. And I just, I would have talked to Green Bean on a Tuesday night from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock anyway. This is yeah. just a little extra <laughs> fun we get to have. Totally. Totally. This is just what we're doing. We just happen to be doing it together with all you guys. That's all. Hell yeah. Gilbert drops in with a $3 super sticker. Thank you so much. Um, all right. Let's... Uh, Let's have a little fun here. So I did put the poll question in the chat. Uh, do you think the Hall of Fame game, Hall of Game game? Okay, well, it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can figure it out. Hall of uh, Game game. Hall of Game game uh, is positive, <laughs> is a positive or a negative <laughs> for a 23 season. Words are hard when you're on the spot. Sorry, guys. Well, you um, did it fast, you know? Yeah, I did it fast. I should have thought. I, I really should, like, get thoughts of, uh, like, poll questions prior to going into this. Whatever. Um, Greeny, did you, I wanted to, to sit and watch the, the Joe Douglas press conference with you. You think that would be a good idea? We kind of break down our thoughts and, yeah. and have some conversation on this. I like Guys that a whole lot. Cause that's kind of, that's what, that's real. Like it's something real instead mm-hmm. of some reporter somewhere up in, uh, in over in Tallahassee saying he heard that the Aaron Rodgers said something and he, you know what I mean? Like all that kind of baloney. Let's look at something real, Ryan. This is good. All right, I love it. So this was not as impromptu as uh, we were just talking about, but it was the reason this stream was just a little bit late. I had to wait for the video to finish converting so I can have it up here. Uh, So we'll go into each one of the questions that were asked of Joe Douglas. The first one is going to be just his intro when he came out. Uh, I put a little second of black between each one, and we'll pause there to kind of discuss it uh, as well as, um, you know, kind of get your thoughts in the chat as well with what we're kind of talking about. Um... Brian Bogan, before we get into that, he says, uh, the contract car can't turn down 
Four years, 25 million a year, free meatballs for life, and a weekly segment on talking jets. 100%. Derek Carr, every single week, will take five minutes of your time, 10 minutes of your time, 30 seconds of your time. I'm a bad negotiator. <laughs> I, we'll take anything. I love it. Yeah. I Part think of his contract. I'm in. I think it makes sense. I'd love it. All right. Let's jump over to the presser. You know, as we, uh, as we go into this offseason, as we kind of finish up this uh, this combine process. Uh, uh, obviously, you guys have seen reports about uh, us bringing Derek Carr in about a week and a half ago. Um, I can tell you that was a fantastic visit. Uh, we really enjoyed spending time with him. Um, obviously, he's the, he's the only quarterback that I can I can really shed any light on for you guys uh, since he's the only quarterback that's that's a free agent. But uh, you know, I can say that uh, he left a he left a strong impression with everybody, and so. Um, obviously, we're going to be exploring the, the veteran quarterback market this offseason, and we're going to look at every available option. We feel like when it's time to make the right decision, whenever they're process, we're going to make the best decision for the Jets. All right, so what did you think about that, Green Bean? Well, I like how we just jumped right out with it, right? It's like it, it is, it's kind of interesting to me. Um, you know, we use a number two pick on a quarterback. Right? We put mm-hmm. two years into him. Last year, where you know we tried every way we could to you know put this kid in a situation to succeed, we got real talent around him, and you know he's floundering or whatever, and it's just like so out front. We're looking at quarterbacks. We're bringing in quarterbacks. Our general man. I was talking about vet quarterbacks, talking about Derek Carr. It's just I don't know. It's just, it's still striking me that this is like really what we're gonna do, and I think you know he's let everybody know. That, hey, doesn't matter what we're doing behind the scenes, we can't say anything. So don't ask me about Aaron Rodgers or any of these other guys. They're all under contract. I can't do anything. But I like that he said positive things about the Derek Carr meeting. Uh, They met again today, uh, Mm -hmm. as we know. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if it were me, I would just sign him. But that's what I'm hoping the next presser is, Ryan. Yeah, right. We, his press conference got moved from 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock. So everyone's like, oh, my God, is Carr getting signed? Here's what's going to happen. And then he comes out for his presser and he says, I know you guys are all on on pins and needles or whatever and, and chomping at the bit to ask about the safety position. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> and like when I went back to go clip it, they clipped that part out of it because the camera was like shaking and everything when they were getting it started. But it was it was oh, pretty funny. At least you caught oh, it. Yeah, at least you oh, got yeah. it. Uh, RP Eagles drops in the super chat. He says, what do you guys, uh, how, what do you guys feel about Carson Wentz getting released? You guys think this will change things in looking for a quarterback? No, I don't think Carson Wentz is on our radar realistically. I mean, things would really have to go wrong for us to consider him. I think, um, I think a good spot for him might be Arizona kind of stay in the NFC, uh, conference. And then obviously Kyler Murray's, you know, going to be injured. So he, he's already getting paid a bunch of money from his uh, contract this year. So he can sign somewhere else and there's a little bit of offset there. So I, I think he goes to the Cardinals. What do you think, Greenman? What do you feel about well, Carson Wentz? I wonder what his offset language was, Ryan. You know what I mean? Like, That's did, true. Did, did, we don't know. Did his, uh, did his agent do a good job? Like if he goes and signs somewhere for $5, 10000000 million, does he get to keep both? That'd be interesting to learn. Uh, well, let me say this. What about – what if Carson Wentz – what if you brought him on as a backup? Like, you already know he's going to produce at a higher level than Mike White. He's going to. Mm-hmm. Like, and so in that role, let's say Carson Wentz, dude, he's bounced around. He's on three teams in three years. Uh, he's kind of fallen from grace. 
And, but he's still two years ago. He had 20. What did he have last year? But two years ago, he had 27 touchdowns and seven picks. Like the guy he's can falling from grace so fast. Oh, <laughs> it's so like hard. embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but maybe Mike Arena jumped in. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think he can find somewhere four teams in four years. Isn't great, but I feel like the Cardinals kind of situation with like the weird injury to Kyler is, is not a bad option. Uh, Mike Arena drops in and says, how do you feel about uh, our head coach not being at the combine? I think Joe told him to stay put. I got this. That's what happened last year. They actually uh, did the same thing. Salah was not at the combine. It was only scouts. A lot of teams are starting to do that now. I, heard, I saw Daniel Jeremiah on the Pat McAfee show today. He was kind of talking about that as well. That's becoming more of a common theme here. Uh, Julio Kelly says, what do you think uh, if we sign Carr uh, and Geno Smith? Not going to happen. Julio. Uh, let's get back into the presser. Here are the next set of questions. I think it's hard to put an exact timetable. I think I think everybody would like it done sooner rather than later, but everyone has their own process. Uh, I feel like we we have our process and exploring exploring the market, exploring options, and you know uh, each player has their own process in terms of of um, of what they have going on. So um, can't give a direct timetable, a specific timetable. But again, when uh, decided to be made, I feel like feel very strongly we're going to make the right decision for the Jets. All right. So we feel we'll make the right decision for the New York Jets. Um, so he's basically not giving a timetable with what uh, the, the the thought processes that's going on. There's no immediate need to sign Derek Carr or to go out and make a move. What do you think of that, Greenbean? Well, you know, I think that the guy we sign is going to be the best guy for us, no matter who it is, right? So... I mean, that's GM speak. I think that's partially what we're looking at here. But I think, um, you know, look, we have a really good opportunity, man. You know, uh, the team was built properly. You know, it really was. It was built properly. The only thing that really, obviously, we have some injury stuff, so that's part of it. But the Zach Wilson piece, kind of, it it's the one piece of this whole thing that's kind that hasn't really uh, allowed us to to be, you know, to live fully the Joe Douglas plan. But I think at this point, they can look around the team and go, okay, man, well, we're ready to go. You know, we are. I mean, granted, some guys got to get healthy and all that, but we even have depth in some areas, and we're ready to go. We're ready to compete. And when you look at it, you know, now we have an experienced offensive staff to go with our defensive staff. and It's time to kind of, uh, you know, pick the guy. And, uh, and make sure that this is the one that can gel with your team. It's not just about, uh, you know, specifically and, and uh, solely their talents. Like, are they going to be able to gel? I think that's what they've focused on up to this point. And I think that they will continue to do that. And I think uh, this is rare, man. We have that opportunity. The team's ready. Find the guy and let's go kick some ass. Yeah, this next question here, uh, what do you like about Derek yeah, Carr? Yeah, obviously, obviously with Derek, um, high-level producer, um, but really um, a phenomenal person. You know, just, just spending time with him, uh, very authentic, um, uh, again, ultra-intelligent, um, just just very comfortable in his own skin and, um, and highly competitive. And uh, on the tape, you see the talent, you see the um, – the release, the, the, the velocity, the, the way he gets the ball out, the decision-making, the accuracy. So uh, a lot of things to like. So lots of things to like about Derek Carr. 
Uh, not a whole lot there as far as like, you know, things that are, are mind blowing. Like I think this is a lot of GM speak and, and coach speak and whatnot, but I think the the personality, like the phenomenal person, I think that is what wowed the New York Jets because it, it didn't feel like Carr was going to be a fit until we wound up getting him in the building and it just felt like, I mean, every report is that the Jets really like this guy and then, you know, they're just kind of waiting to see how everything else plays out. Is that kind of how you read it? Yeah, exactly. Well, and then and the reports from his side, you know, via his brother were that it was very positive as well. You know, I think that, you know, um, what's different about this regime, man, is that they are respected out there. Like whether or not us as fans um, like Robert Sala. What's up? With that? Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to like move okay. it along. <laughs> like not, not right. move the, the like you keep talking. You keep talking. I just didn't want yeah, it to okay. leave it on a black screen. That's All sorry. Right. <laughs> no, um, you know, like, you know, whether or not we love Robert Sala as the head coach or Joe Douglas as GM, when when we're talking about how they're viewed by their peers out there, Robert Sala is an uber respected coach out there. Uh, Joe Douglas is a is a very well respected GM, and uh, you know so when they meet with a guy like a Derek Carr, Derek Carr has been in in the, he's been in the circus, dude. You know he's had six head coaches in nine years. You know he's had five offensive coordinators, you myriad offensive linemen, never a defense to speak of. The John Gruden mayhem, the Henry Ruggs uh, DUI stuff. It's been a it's been a complete circus over there. And granted, the Jets have been a circus as well for a very long time. But right now, Derek Carter, he's coming here and he's he's walking into the facilities meeting with this regime. And I think it can be stark compared to what you might have viewed the Jets as maybe two, three, five years ago. Um, it's a whole different thing. And I think you can walk into the Jets facility, a meeting with the Jets, thinking, okay, well, they got some good things, but, you know, I'm probably not going to love it all that much. They are the Jets after all. And then walk away like, wait a second, man, that's some slam dunk shit going on over there. Uh, I think that's the kind of thing that realistically can happen right now where years ago, walking in and meeting with Todd Bowles and Mike McCagden or Adam Gase it's just it's not the same man it's not the same and i think uh you know hearing that Derek carr was you know he had a positive meeting is believable and i actually believe that the jets had a positive meeting because Derek carr's reputation is very solid i mean the only downsides with him as far as reputation go is he's been called a little soft at times like emotional mm. right um but other than that his teammates love him you know so there's I, I believe it on both ends. I completely, completely agree. Uh, Ali drops in. What's up, Ali? He says, all love for my boys. See you guys soon. Yeah, Ali. Oh. Can't wait to get you on. We'll, we'll get you on the show soon. Uh, I'll reach out to you. Get linked up. Uh, this next question here from Joe Douglas, uh, or for Joe Douglas, uh, was actually, I had that wrong. It's from uh, Al Iannuzzi. Iannuzzi. And known Zoom. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, you, you don't want to miss out on a guy like that talking about Carr while you're waiting for somebody else to make a decision. So this is talking about, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers making a decision. You don't want to miss out on Carr because you're waiting for Rodgers. Uh, so this is what Douglas had to say about that. I want to speak for, for, for Derek, um, but uh, obviously this is the first time that he's been a free agent in his, in his pro career. And... Um, you know, knowing how uh, being around him and seeing how smart a person he is, 
I, I know he's going to be thorough with his process to make sure that him and his family uh, end up in the right destination for, for them. So, um, you know, uh, we're going to respect we're going to respect his process, and then um, again, we'll be ready to make a decision when the time comes. All right. Uh, so that was a nice little sidestep by Joe Douglas. Like, oh yeah, you know, I can't talk about that. So why are you asking me about that? That's that's kind of what I how I took yeah. that. Yeah, well, and he not looking. Joe Douglas knows how to answer, man. You know what I mean? That's kind of you know that's something that we can give him. I mean, we know his his organizations by and large are very very tight lipped, and he's out front and he's going to answer and control the narratives in the way that he sees fit. But he but he you know he really he says something here that's that's kind of interesting and and I think it's really it, it's important to consider. I mean, Derek Carr has been locked in with the Raiders his entire career. This is the first time that he's able to break out of his uh you know his his little uh nest there and go out into the world and see what's going on. And you know, look, he's been a Raider, he's been loyal, he's told the fans he doesn't want to play anywhere else, the whole thing. They they did him wrong in my opinion. The you know, the way that they handle it, they don't have to like him or whatever. They could move on, but the way they did it it's like, in my opinion, I think they did it really piss poor, evidenced by the fact that they didn't even get any picks for him. Like, that's how dumb they are and how poorly they handled it. But Derek Carr is out there right now for the first time. And, you know, we're saying, like, hey, why don't we just sign him? Well, maybe the Jets do want to sign him. But Derek Carr is like, I at least want – I don't want to just walk into the first building and uh, or second building, for that matter, and and just sign a contract. I want to really see what's going on out there, man. I want to meet with some people. I want to see what the different facilities are, what the neighborhoods are. Like, imagine it, envision what it might be to live there. And uh, and I think that that's uh, – dude, he's got no competition. He can do it – he's got a few weeks of this where he's not really under any pressure. He could just – he's the only guy – he's the only show on the road. And um, I think it's smart for him to, to you know, go through his due diligence and, uh, like Joe said, his process. His process is going to be his process. I think he's uh, he's nailing it. Yeah, I think he'll wind up signing maybe a week before uh, free agency, and then the corresponding moves will wind up being made. I think if you wind up having to wait on Rodgers, they'll they'll wind up pulling the yeah, trigger yeah. here. I'm not, not going to get it. Um, so now this was asked by Connor Hughes. Did you make a contract offer to Derek Carr? Any contract negotiations or talk like that, um, other than just to say uh, we had a great visit. Felt like it was a really a really productive visit. So do you think uh, there was an offer made, or you think uh, not so much? Um, you know, I, I don't. You know, I probably I don't think so. I don't think there was an offer made. I think in the same like what I just said about Derek Carr. I think the Jets also want to legitimately kind of see what's up with Aaron Rodgers and they probably want to meet with a few people as well. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. Uh, I think doing your due diligence and kind of taking your time is, is probably the right way to do it. There's a, there's a quote at one point where uh, Douglas says, right player, right price or something like that. And I don't think, I think they know he might be the right player. And I think it's about well, I don't even know if they got that far. I think it's, hey, let's make sure the fit's right for both sides, and then you want to be a Jet, let's talk numbers then. Right, uh, right. Moose City drops in. Thank you so much for the Super Chat. He says, sign car. I feel like that's what I'm hearing a lot of in the yeah, chat. Yeah, we, as we... More um, and more. All right, so this... 
more and more too. Like, you know, a couple weeks ago, it was like, uh, you know, while we were fighting about it, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, but think it was tilted Aaron Rodgers. I honestly feel, and I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I feel like the fan base is kind of moving slowly toward the car direction. I think he feels like uh, maybe not as, you know, quite as elite or as dynamic, but I think he does feel to a lot of people like a safer bet. Um, maybe not quite the same boom potential, but I think uh, a lot of people are starting to say like, you know, we don't want to lose out, so there's fear involved, but I think a lot of people are viewing Carr as maybe the safer option, and I'm starting to see a lot more what we just saw with Moose uh, sign Carr. That's what we're seeing. Yeah, it, it's definitely taken kind of a swing. I think as soon as we wound up figuring out or hearing the rumors that he was looking for like a $35 million a year contract, it was like, whoa, wait a second. This is not the the groundbreaking numbers I thought we were going to wind up having to pay for Derek Carr. And I think that sort of made everyone sort of pivot. <laughs> and they're like, wait a second, we can keep all our draft picks and that guy's done what for the last eight, nine years? And like, hmm, interesting. Hmm. I th- right. And actually, this is where they, they get into it. Do you prefer free agency versus a trade? How do you feel about potentially having to give up draft picks for a quarterback? We look through, we look through every scenario. Um, those are things we're weighing um, versus uh, 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 acquiring a player uh, with no compensation in terms of trade uh, draft picks or, or players versus someone that may re- may require that. So uh, we're looking at every every option, and, and that, that will play – uh, a part in the decision. Yeah, you know that that process. Will- Sorry. Um, so yeah, we're we're hearing from Joe Douglas. The uh, you don't want to. Oh wait, what was that question? That was the uh, about the trade versus free agency and the trade. There, there's a cost analysis that you have to do. Yep. Uh, and I think when you're talking about the the right players and the right price and things of that sort of nature, that's right where he's talking about. It's not just money. It's also draft picks, which is also money. It's all about money in the in a salary hard capped sport. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, look and think about it too. Like, unless you think that one guy is just head and shoulders a better option than the other guy, when you look at like when you okay, you get off of the field and you look at the two scenarios, like when you talk about Aaron Rodgers versus Derek Carr. I mean, it's dude, they are such different scenarios. I mean, Derek Carr no draft picks rumored that he doesn't even really want, he's not even going to push for the 50, 40 mix. He wants 35 million is what I saw. So mm-hmm. um, that's significantly lower. So now you're talking about, I mean, 15, 20 million cheaper, no dead cap after the contract is up, maybe having a guy for five, seven years, if he's good and no draft picks. I mean, it's really, uh, if you look at all that stuff, I mean, that has to at least be factored in and it can totally tip the scales uh, toward car. I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of extra goodies in there that uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't let you keep. So what I decided to do is I, I changed the poll question and I made it a little different. I said, which would you prefer? I said Rodgers for a second and a conditional first. So you're also taking on that monster contract that he's going to have or car at 40 million per year for five years. So I said 40 million because he says it was like 35 or more was like the report. So I'm, I'm going to say, let's say we get into some sort of like bidding more. We have to go the, the little bit extra. And now you're committing for five years 
at 40 million a year. So you're talking $200 million. Yeah, but, but think about that too. Let's say it is 40, right? And that's right. Let's assume it is. You yeah. have a guy like right now we have Lamar Jackson who was offered $50 million a year for four years. And he mm -hmm. said, no, you know what I mean? He said, no, he wants more. And then you, you know, you have all these guys out there and it's not, to, I'm not throwing a stone at it, but then you look at Derek Carr and he's like, eh, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, push for $50 million or whatever. It's just, I don't know. It almost feels like even on that front, it's like, dude, 40 million is plenty. You know what I mean? Like, why do I got to take from the rest of the team? It almost feels like that. Now, maybe it's, I'm looking at it through the wrong lens and I'm kind of giving more credit than is due, but it just almost feels like he can, you can almost think that he's a guy that's like, that understands that if I take it all for me, then I got nobody to, I can't, I can't, we don't have a team. You know what I mean? I'm kind of picking up that vibe when it's the money is lower than we think it is. Uh, I, that's the kind of what I'm getting out of it. Yeah. The Derek Carr and Roger or Derek Carr versus Lamar thing for me is, is a little, it's a little different just because Lamar's coming off a contract that he was told he had to sign versus Carr, who's going into his fourth contract. I think when you have a, a quarterback at that stage, he's made his millions, he has his generational wealth already. Not that Lamar doesn't. I mean, obviously, your first-round pick in the draft, as long as you manage your money, you should be fine. But he's set to make a you know a bucket load of money um, you know, this year. So I think the, the mindset's a little different for where they're at in their respective careers. And I just feel like Carr... I find myself like my heart wants to go with Carr because I want to root for this guy. I think the personality that he brings to the team is just so valuable compared to what, you know, maybe you're bringing on with the Rodgers. Like, do I necessarily want Zach Wilson or maybe forget Zach Wilson? Do I want Aaron Rodgers like around Sauce and Garrett Wilson and Brees and, uh, you know, AVT and all these guys that we're going to have to pay a big contract to? And Rodgers like never took like any sort of lower amount of money to try and facilitate winning where Carr is actively taking less money or seeking less money than a lot of us kind of perceived right. to facilitate winning. I think that to me is setting a very interesting precedent. Tom Brady took less money for friggin' years. And I'm not trying to make Derek Carr out to be Tom Brady, but when the quarterback takes less money, you can do some really special things. And I think that's what Carr realizes at this stage in his career. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I think it's, it's kind of refreshing. And like you said, I mean, I just looked up after you said that his career earnings, uh, 135 million and change. Mm -hmm. So that probably has some impact, but you know, that is generational wealth. I mean, you know, in today's day and age with the NFL, it's almost like we, we kind of, you know, we look down on anything. It's like, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like these numbers are, it's like monopoly money. We just don't even realize the magnitude of what some of these numbers really are. But I think, you know, at this point, he could very easily still say, screw you, I'm the best free agent quarterback on the market this year. Uh, if you want to go trade for Aaron Rodgers, go trade for Aaron Rodgers. I'm the best free agent quarterback on the market, and, and I want $48 million, or I want 42 whatever the hell. He could very easily do that, and guess what? He's more than likely going to get it. But instead, he's coming at it like, eh, it's fine. I'm, I don't need that. And I think, um, again, we don't even really know these aren't necessarily facts, facts. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it feels a little bit less 
like he's going to hold the team hostage. And that Tom Brady thing, I mean, we all know mm-hmm. why he did that with the TB12 products and all that kind of shit that the NFL mm-hmm. just turned a blind eye to. At the same time, that's really that's very helpful for the mm-hmm. team to be able to surround said quarterback with an actual team as opposed to trying to scramble and have to, you know, really depend on rookies and second year guys because your quarterback is eating 22% of your salary cap or whatever it might be. That's, you know, it's hard to get around. So I just looked it up. Derek Carr, you said, made the 135 million. Lamar yeah. Jackson, 32. Yeah, but listen, Derek Carr also put in nine years already, and and Derek Carr wasn't paying. Sure. Derek Carr wasn't but that, doing. But that's this. what I'm saying. That that that's the that's why the mindset is different. Lamar's got the yeah. thirty. Rogers has or uh, Carr has a hundred million. I more understand than that. that, but was Derek Carr doing this when he was in this position? The answer is no. So that's correct. That's, he, he has restructured true. in the past to allow players to come yep. in. I exactly I do right. like that, but I, I do think it's you know, a little bit of, of, of both no, there. Your, your point is valid at the same time. When you, when you do compare the similar time frames, it's still a different attitude toward the process. And look, I'm a firm believer. I am 100% confident that the reason Lamar Jackson is holding it, holding their feet to the fire like this is because he knows damn well, he's got a pretty good shot of not lasting that long. And this is it. This might be his only contract. Now, I don't think he's counting on it or he's thinking that, you know what I mean, that this is definitely it. I got to But he's trying to ensure that he gets that that extra bit because there's a realistic possibility that he doesn't make it through these mm-hmm. seasons. And, you know, maybe, look, the last two seasons, he's missed 31% of the snaps. Uh, what if that happens another two years out of the next four? Teams are going to start thinking. Uh, I don't know. And then his ability to command such numbers might diminish. So I'm a believer in that, man. I think that he's kind of, he's got, he knows, he knows that's real. That should be factored in. You know what I mean? Edward Ziff drops in says, I don't trust Rogers completely. It's not his skill set. It's his commitment to be a jet. Much rather have car. We keep our draft picks, just pay the money. Yeah. The commitment issue is, is something that I, I am a little concerned about with Rogers at this point in his career. Although I think someone mentioned to me earlier today, if he's willing to uproot his family from Green Bay to move to another city, then at least you would think he'd be committed for maybe two years at that point. So who knows? Hopefully. I don't want to bring in Rodgers unless he we have a commitment from him that he's going to go to all the offseason programs. I want Rodgers at 100% commitment, not this half-assed stuff that we saw last year. Uh, Mr. Patel says, they, uh, they, the way they... The way I look at it, it's Rodgers for two or three years or car and blue chip tackle first rounder that we could probably have uh, that we would probably have to trade for for Aaron Rodgers for five years. Um, That's a good way to look at it. I think Rodgers, as we get closer, if more and more teams start to back out, like if the Raiders really are going to be looking at maybe a a Jimmy G, if the Titans look like they may restructure uh, Tannehill and, and and do something different and the, the pool of teams starts drying up. Maybe you're not giving up a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be really interesting to sort of see. Uh, but I do think that Carr could end up signing a contract that is, you know, similar where it's like a two year deal. It's going to be a longer deal, but it'll be like two years 
And then that third year is going to have some like astronomical cap hit where like he then gets to test free agency again at 33 years old or get a market value restructured contract from the New York Jets. And then he'd be our, our quarterback moving forward or we roll with like a Zach Wilson or something like that. Um, I think that's ultimately what ends up happening. But that's exactly right, Patel. I think that's, you know, the how we have to weigh everything. Uh, the NY Bully drops in, says, with a uh, with Aaron Rodgers, you get potentially two shots at hitting the bullseye. With Carr, you get more throws at a dartboard. Lamar just wants his deserved guaranteed contract. It's not just about $50 million per year. Yeah, I, I think he does want... He, I think he wants the Watson deal. I think the Browns screwed it up for the rest of the NFL, and yeah. Lamar Jackson wants it. And, and honestly, I think the Browns probably... I don't know if they had it in mind when they were doing this, but signing Watson to that deal, I think a lot of people probably deem Watson as maybe a, a better, like well-rounded quarterback, even though Lamar has the the MVP to his name. I think, I, you know, no, think, guaranteeing the contract, knowing Lamar's contracts coming down the pipeline, the Browns are probably like, <laughs> here, we're going to get him out of the division. Ravens will never pay that. <laughs> I could, hey man, that's right? 40 chess. If they're doing uh -huh. shit like that, maybe. I don't know if the Browns have that kind of wherewithal. Um, no, I don't think maybe, so. Maybe. Maybe. But you know, it's it. Look, uh, you know, I've I've shared this many times. I mean, obviously the the hand job situation thing muddies the water a bit. <laughs> um, but Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, was the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he he has that ability to run, but isn't a running quarterback. He's incredibly accurate, super strong arm. Like, I don't know. He's just, I mean, he, I just, uh, I think he's got everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, Lamar Jackson's fantastic, and who the hell wouldn't want him, right? I, you're silly if you don't mm -hmm. want a quarterback like that. But I think that all the things that he brings with him, namely the fact that he hasn't finished a season in three years, and he's since the MVP season, which was kind of an it was like shot out of a cannon. It was his first ever starting year. Um, his his stats have gone down. I think that's people are looking at that, and that's not to say look the Ravens offered him fifty million a year. You know what I mean? But like you said, the the fact that the Browns, a notoriously slapdick organization, kind of muffed it up with this crazy contract, shouldn't hold every other team to this madness. Now, again, we've talked about this. Al Davis used to do this when he was alive. God rest his soul. Al Davis was famous for being mm -hmm. the guy to go, yeah, man, uh, wait, what's the top wide receiver getting? 8 million, 12 million. You know what I mean? Like he was that guy. <laughs> Namdi Asamoah, like, ah! 16. <laughs> top yeah, corners getting paid right? eight. Namdi Asamoah, 16. That's right. He paid Namdi uh, $16 million a year, all guaranteed, when the top cornerback was like nine. Yeah, it was like you know low. It was like, it was crazy. So I think that the Browns are doing something similar. But agents, dude, agents love it. They don't ever say it's the wrong thing to do. They use it, and that's the whole thing. And you're right. Lamar is going to want that contract. The truth is, is that, you know, there's an argument that he earned that contract. But when you look at Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson, again, without the off the field baloney stuff, when you just look at their on the field, like their longevity, their ability, I I don't think it's really arguable that Deshaun Watson is a stronger quarterback to warrant such things. I think the thing with 
Deshaun Watson is he has the two years that he hasn't really played. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on. So there's a lot of baggage there, too. But, you know, he said like City Bird saying that uh, – oh, no, it wasn't him. It was the previous one. Um, I forget who it was. But that he yeah, deserves – Yeah, it was the NY Bully. Yep. Yeah, the NY Bully. I don't know. Like, why does he deserve – Six years at 50 months, four years. Okay, sure. You know, the Ravens are offering him that. But why does he deserve six six years of it? He deserves a fully guaranteed contract. I think that's what he was saying. He deserves the guaranteed contract, which I do think. I think whatever he signs should be fully guaranteed. I think that's where he's at. I don't think it needs to be 250. But I think he's headed for the non-exclusive tag. And I do think that they're going to see... I think that's the best resolution. That's actually like what that tag was really meant for. Well, and you brought uh, that up like three months ago, Ryan, two months ago. Yeah. And I thought it was such a great idea. You're the first person mm-hmm. that brought that idea to my head. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, like that's what's going to end up happening because two things can happen. One is that there's somebody does blow the doors off the joint and the Ravens go, okay, well then we'll just take the mess of picks to firsts, right? And then we lose the $50 million or... Am I still here? Am I still with you? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. And the other thing is, what if no one does? What if no team comes close to what the Ravens are offering? Then Lamar Jackson can know, and his agent, which is himself, uh, can Mm -hmm. know, uh, maybe we are barking up the wrong tree here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's nobody offering me this. So who am, you know, it could do two things. I think it's, uh, it's kind of a wise move from both angles. Yeah, I agree. Uh, City Burt drops in says, what is your favorite Jets offseason move or draft in the past that made you most excited for September, regardless of whether it worked out or not? Uh, it was easily this past draft, and it was when we traded up for Jermaine Johnson. That was the icing on the cake for me. I lost my cool. <laughs> you were there, Green Bean. We all lost it. Hey, I think, off, oh, what's your yeah, favorite yeah. offseason move uh, that was made in the past? It, it may not have to be this past offseason, but like that was the one to me that yeah. – made me the most excited I have been in a very long time to be a Jet fan. I have the clip. You want it? You want to see it? <laughs> I don't want to screw up whatever I'm doing over yeah, here. Right, I'm like, right. there's, a lot, there's a lot. <laughs> right. There's a lot of moving parts right now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good example because, again, we were having an interesting draft. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think – you know, speaking for myself, I was having a hard time. Like while I was mm-hmm. pretty confident we got two excellent players, I just couldn't get my head around the idea that we we, we did yet again didn't grab an edge rusher and a strong edge class. So when mm-hmm. he did trade up and ended up getting a guy that most of us would have been happy if he used the tenth pick on uh, mm-hmm. at twenty six, that really was something, man. That changed everything and all this mm-hmm. all the pieces fell into place you're like he's brilliant you know what i mean <laughs> yeah that was a pretty big one man but uh yeah what's another i mean uh, this recently I, had to, I think that's up there yeah recently. if i had to do something like in the i don't want to say distant past but like i would say like in the last few years the trade up for darnold from six to three had me all fired up i was all excited i was like we're oh, finally yeah. getting our guy you know it hasn't worked out sam's gonna work and then like for him to crushingly like sort of fall apart was just so devastating and then i don't think yeah. i feel like i got as attached to zach as i did to sam because of how, like the recency bias of like that quarterback kind of flopping and now i'm sort of like maybe coping with it a little differently yeah yeah yeah, and that's a that's a good one. I mean, I remember, you know, it's 
I remember, I, I remember where I was when I heard it. So that, so that clearly, mm -hmm. I was driving in Pantops, Charlottesville. I mean, I know exactly where I was when I heard it for the first time. So that, mm -hmm. I guess it had an impact on me. But you know what a big one was for me? And maybe you don't remember it like this, but when the Jets mm -hmm. traded for Braylon Edwards. Ooh, like, loved that, it. Loved that it. That 2009 yes. team, it was like we were uh -huh. clearly talented, but we needed something. And they essentially, the way I viewed it was we traded Chancey Stuckey yep. for Braylon Edwards, you know? Um, I couldn't believe That was believe a great move. That, great move. Trader Mike. That move? The other one, I would say, was uh, the Cromartie oh. trade. I loved oh, the Cromartie trade true. when it happened. That, oh, dude, I was I was jazzed. Uh, Arbiv yeah. drops in and says, if Carr goes to an NFC South team, guaranteed first place for that team. It's not just the team, but the division that is important here. Yeah, I agree. I think if Carr goes there, they're probably the favorites to win the division until Lamar Jackson winds up getting traded to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, that's how I see that. Uh, all right, let's continue on with our presser here. This was a question asked about Todd Downing, and can you speak to the situation last year uh, with him? He wound up having a Dewey, uh, but this is what Joe Douglas said. Play itself out with the league. I, we feel we feel really comfortable about Todd uh, as a coach and a person, and, um, and I, we're very excited to add him to the staff. And I know Coach can Coach Sala can talk about that a little bit more, but uh, just spending time with him, his passion. Uh, just uh, his his ability to connect with with players, uh, build great relationships with players. You know, we we are very excited to add uh, a person of his caliber, a coach of his caliber, to our organization. Yeah, I kind of took yeah, that as again, like more coach speak. This one's kind of more more interesting in in my mind. Uh, how do you balance? Derek is a player you can sign right now. Uh, in this process, you can have him right now and have your quarterback situation kind of solidified versus waiting for a player you potentially trade for or sign who may or may not be available. How do you balance that? Connor Hughes is a wizard <laughs> with some of the questions. He's like yeah. trying to like sneak in just enough to to get like that little nugget. And I really enjoy it. his line of questioning for this this whole process was really impressive. Yeah, well, look, he's getting, uh, you know, he's getting creative. You know, you have to get creative. Joe Douglas is going to knock him down uh, if you just ask him straight up. So this is a this is a very interesting uh, method of questioning for Joe Douglas. Um, yeah, man, I think uh, I think and like wondering about that. You know, again, uh, Joe Douglas isn't going to talk about anybody else, at least in any great detail. But let me play the clip know. and then we'll we'll talk about it on the yeah, other yeah, end. Yeah, do of it. that. Let me. I was just going to say, what did he say? I don't remember what he said. So let me see that. Yeah. Feel good about our process, and we're look also at that smile. Respect uh, his process, and again, when we when he we knows feel it's like about Rogers. Time to make the right decision. We're we're gonna we're gonna make it. You know, I, I'm not going to get into any hypotheticals. Um, um, so this one, they were talking about the hypothetical questions. So Joe. Uh, from that standpoint, if Derek were to say, I want to come to the Jets, would you be open to negotiations with him on a contract? This is what we, he wound up saying. Again, we have a meeting uh, planned this week, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, but um, again, we'll be, we'll be ready to pull the trigger when we have to. So they're ready to pull the trigger when they have to. No, no contract stuff or anything like that. I'm curious to see when they wind up meeting with him. Like, how urgently are they pushing this? I think it's nice that they at least you know, put it out there that they do want to to meet with him again because maybe that pushes Rodgers to, to maybe make a decision a little quicker uh, here. Yeah, I mean, and well, how long? I mean, you know, Green Bay was interviewed, right? The general manager, and he said, we haven't even discussed that with Aaron Rodgers yep. yet. 
Really? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, like he doesn't even, like if Rodgers hasn't talked to him yet, that means I, that was the tip off to me today that I was like, ah, you know what? Maybe we don't hear about Rodgers. And then I, I sat through the whole Pat McAfee show and I wind up seeing that he's like not going on the show for today. And I was like, oh, come on. I just wanted the juicy nuggets. <laughs> I just want to hear yeah. all the good stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's like, I don't know, man. Now, and what do we attribute that to? Anybody who's concerned about Aaron Rodgers or doesn't want Aaron Rodgers is clearly taking this and making it into, see, dude, he's dragging it along. He sees he's mm-hmm. always going to be bullshit and drama. And, and, and I don't, but I don't know if that's the case. Uh, but it's funny, you know, even in the chat today, people are like, this Aaron Rodgers stuff is getting exhausting. And it's like, well, the truth is, is nothing we're exhausted by it but they couldn't they can't even start working on it yet so it's just funny that's all on us we did that you know we did that we we get too hyped up on like the maybe the possibility of yeah doing something right we just like destroyed it and it's like now we're like this is bullshit he's an asshole well dude he's not you know he didn't even meet with the team yet so we don't know why. It could just be their process. They said, hey, the season ended. Go take a month. Go do you. We're going to do us, and we'll meet on March 12th. Like, who knows what they scheduled? And we're mm-hmm. all pissed off about it. So I think it's just, uh, it's you know, who knows, man? It's it, it can be annoying, and we don't know the reasons why, but more than likely, it just is this way. Not necessarily dramatic. Chris KV drops in and says, I'd prefer Carr over any other, but JD mentioned Carr as the only free agent. Is it safe to say our front office has zero interest in Jimmy G? Uh, so he's Jimmy G is not a free agent yet. He's a free agent yeah. as of March, what is it, 17th, but it's going to be, what, the 15th, I think, right? Uh, yeah, sorry, the 13th. Yeah. The 13th is yeah. when the tampering period starts. So the 13th is when they can start talking about Jimmy G. So he's one of those quarterbacks. Tannehill's the same way. He hasn't been released or anything yet. Carr's literally the only player they can actually answer questions on. Uh, this next question was uh, in regards to Quinn and Williams' contract negotiations and how things stand. Yeah. So um, you know, we've had we've had several good discussions with, with Nicole uh, and Quinn uh, since the season. And uh, we feel really good about where we're at. And um, again, uh, feel good that this process is going to play out in the, in the right way. There is so, an impact on whoop. when we have to. Where am I? See, now I don't know where I was on this. Quentin Williams contract. Ooh. Sorry, flipping all over the screen. Yeah, that's a good question because. <laughs> all right. Oh, you, lost have, your, like, you lost your integrity here, man. You, you had it. Yeah. I was so perfect for the whole time, and then I, I have the, I'm using good. a touchpad, and my finger glanced it when I when I came down, and I accidentally tapped oh. the, the 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 thing. Um, I don't even remember where we were talking about. What well, were we just talking? It was about? the Quinn and Williams. Quinn and Williams. Quinn and Williams thing. Well, look, uh, this is what I can say. Having uh, listened to Joe Douglas now, this is our fourth off season with him. Right, we are now three drafts, three combines, or whatever, and. Uh, We've heard him asked questions about extensions, Marcus May, Jamal Adams, and he's had a certain kind of tone, business-like tone. This tone, if you if you listen to it and look at it, it seems lighter. It seems like what he's saying is legitimate. Not like when he was asked about Fant last year, he's like, well, we had some good conversations and we're going to continue to blah, 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 blah. This feels different. And I think that would be 
an incredible positive going into this training camp season. Uh, if Quinnen is already locked up, extended, like that's the way you want to kick this off, man. Not with a friggin' holdout of Quinnen Williams. And again, I think what I caught there is a more positive vibe than we generally see from Joe Douglas when we're talking about such things. Would you agree? Do you did did you see it? Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely got the same thing. And that was what I was most interested to hear about the Quinnen contract because during this interview every year for the last few years, it's been, oh, yeah, Sam Darnold, he's going to be a Jet. Oh, yeah, Jamal Adams, he's going to be a Jet. <laughs> and it was, like, very, like, it. not that it felt tongue-in-cheek so much, but, like, there felt like there wasn't maybe an authenticity to it where this, you know, it feels like they want to get it done. They know yeah. they have to get it done. Sala and Douglas, they love the trenches. They love the offensive and defensive lines. I think if you perform on either one of those, you're going to get your contract. I think Quinnen gets paid. I think AVT, when the time comes up, he's going to wind up getting paid. Um, we'll wind up listening about some Makai Becton stuff in here in just a few minutes. Uh, but up here we have uh, Douglas was asked about the NIL deals and impacting players coming out of college. Uh, those are the name, image, likeness deals now that players are allowed to get paid by boosters and sponsors and things like that in college, does that prevent them from maybe coming out? It, probably everyone has a, has a different opinion about NIL. Um, I, I view it, maybe I view it a little differently than most, but I think uh, when you have guys that maybe underclassmen that are receive fourth, fifth, sixth round grades from the league, they're more apt to stay in and, uh, you know, because of the NIL. And I know that in the old days, we would always get in draft, draft rooms and talk about players and how, how they're going to handle money. And I think some of that gets answered now with the NIL. And um, the relationships you have with the coaching staffs will kind of answer that question for you in terms of that. So, um, but I think there is an impact on draft classes. I think you're going to see less underclassmen come out than in, in previous years. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to kind of hear how the NIL is is impacting the NFL because I always thought of it as like the collegiate level, like how is the dynamic in the locker room going to change with the top guys getting paid some money and the, the lower guys not getting anything at all and, and how that divide could stretch, especially when there's a, a large divide. Like if you got like a quarterback making potentially millions on a on a on a big time deal to play at, you know, uh, a certain school, um, how that could impact it. But it's interesting to see what how people sort of, um, or how he views it as, you know, we're, we go into these conversations, these players are going to get drafted. We're going to hand them millions and millions of dollars all at once. They've never seen this kind of money before. Um, and like, how are they going to react now? I know when I was growing up, my parents always said, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you have. All it does is amplify, uh, who the person is, I guess, uh, on the inside. So if, if they're going to go nuts, then that's, there's a panic mode. Like, is this guy going to forget about all the training he's done? And he's going to all of a sudden just, you know, kind of relax. And we've seen this with Albert Hainsworth. We saw this with Muhammad Wilkerson. They kind of yeah. got cut the check and they, they mailed it in Tremaine Johnson to a lesser extent. How are they going to deal with getting that guaranteed money? And I thought that was an interesting way to view the NIL. Well, you know what? I think the NIL, when I first heard it, I was kind of against it for, some some things that like you're talking about like all right well then why would they even need to come like what, what do they give a shit 
if they already make ten million dollars a year, whatever from these, you know, these deals. But mm-hmm. you know, here here's what I think. I think most college players never make it in the NFL. All right, and some of those guys who never make it are legitimate stars for their organization, for their school. Let's say, right now, why should the school? And they've been doing this since the 1920s. Why should the school be able to make all that money, booster money and all this stuff from those players and they leave college, big star, and they got to go work at a at an accountant firm? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. why shouldn't they get it? It's, it's their backs. And that's the whole thing with like the collective bargaining agreement. Like, you know, I hear a lot of people talk all the time about like these uh, NFL players are greedy. And in the vacuum, sure, we we can do that. But the truth is, is that the NFL owners have been making billions off of these guys forever. And they were getting 50 grand a year, 100 grand a year, and they blow their knee out. They're thrown on the street corner and they got to go work as a garbage man or whatever it might be with all due respect to any profession. Right. Um, But. It's time that, like, if this is how much is being made, the profit share should be there. And that's why I'm in full support of the NIL licenses and how it affects the NFL. Look, it's going to change some things, and we'll figure it out. You know what I mean? We'll figure it out just like we did with the helmet-to-helmet stuff. When they first said that uh, you can't hit a defenseless receiver, dude, 9 out of 10 fans lost their mind. It's bullshit! And then now it's like you see some of these hits, helmet to helmet on a receiver. He's looking like this. He goes like this, and some safety goes blam right in his head. And now, now you see it as like, dude, you can't do that to a poor guy. You know what I mean? It changes things, but I think we'll adapt. And ultimately, it benefits, like Joe Douglas said, the kids who are who are late round picks, undrafted free agents, or never even get selected. Like there, there are, you know, these wide receivers for a school, you know, like Liberty or something like that. And they're huge stars for Liberty, but they're never going to make it in the NFL. Maybe they come out of there with a mill. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah. been, that's where the benefit is. Agreed. Uh, I just saw something pop up. Uh, I guess it happened a few minutes ago. Uh, this is, I guess Aaron Rodgers is going to be on a podcast tomorrow is what they're saying. Yeah, Green Bean. The- He's going to be on Green Bean Jets fan tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to to both Jets Talk and Green Bean Jets fan and Matt O'Leary and uh, you'll you'll see Aaron Rodgers' decision. Um, yeah, I guess it's going to be on Aubrey Marcus pod, uh, podcast. It's on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Get noted everywhere. It's Awake in the Darkness. Um, I cannot imagine we're going to get any sort of answer as far as like, oh, you know, maybe Rodgers is going to retire or not retire, but I do think it's going to be interesting if Rodgers is in it. I, I want to kind of like, I don't know, I want to see. I'll see what it's all about. Who's uh, who is that guy? That that name sounds I have no familiar. idea. Who is so that the, person? So, so I, he is from the, I think it's, what is it, New York Times? Uh, or sorry, he wrote the New York Times bestseller, Own the Day, the founder of Onnit. So I don't, on I don't know what any of that is. Yeah, Onnit. O-N-N-I-T. Yeah, I'm on Onnit. That's so huh. crazy. Oh, that's why I know him. I've actually talked to that guy personally. Nice. On the, on, yeah, that's. A, I'm like, he sounds so, familiar. Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> I talked to him. 
So how is he? What's he do? What's it? What's his, what's his uh, thing on it? On it is I stopped putting it in my, um, in my, uh, uh, uh what is it? The description. Mm-hmm. What it is, is like, uh, you can hire people to do certain things. So like, um, there's the it's fiber like kind of, yeah, well, it's like a combo of all kinds of things. So if you are, um, like if you wanted to hire green, like you can get me for an hour for a mm-hmm. hundred bucks you know what I mean, and you can get yeah, yeah. me for that. You can like kind of book me for those times. And, uh, Huh, yeah, I mean, cool. the, theoretically, it's pretty good, but I, you know, who the hell wants it? They fucking get me for an hour on YouTube. You know what I mean? Who cares? <laughs> get the free <laughs> stuff. Come on. What are you? What are you yeah, doing? Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. interesting. It's interesting. I wanted to pause and, and just acknowledge that. Uh, all right, let's move into uh, this next line of questioning. Let's see. Uh, this one's from Connor Hughes, I believe. Season where we talked to a lot of. Yeah, you had to. Uh, have you had discussions with the Packers? I know you can't talk about specific players, but have you talked about a potential trade? So let's see what Joe Douglas had to say here. DMs, um, you know, we've talked we, and talked about a lot of different scenarios, um, and a lot of different trades, and you know, not just quarterbacks. So um, you know, we've had I've had a lot of productive discussions with uh, multiple GMs um, around around the league, and. Um, you know, that's, that's probably a good question for for Brian to answer. Um, but uh, no, again, we've had we've had a lot of positive discussions. So, discussions with the Packers. You know, he's he's being very like, I don't know. Like, I, we know they called, right? Like that was that was a report we heard about. They're clearly trying to do their due diligence. Even if Rodgers has not made a decision, I feel like you can go to Robert Sala's best friend and say, "Hey, what's the vibe?" Like. Do you want to roll with love? It seems like they believe he's a starting quarterback. And I think if Rodgers deems he's uh, returning the football, which I think is what's going to happen, he's going to say, I'm returning the football. Packers are going to say, well, to here, or do you want to go elsewhere? And they're going to try and play this pissing match of who's going to be the bad guy sending away the Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, I, 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 like we've heard coming out of there, though, a lot of the fans are tired of it too, though, Ryan. You know I mean, they're just... Mm-hmm every year you know what i mean just move on we got a first round kid that's the thing like if anybody's planned for this it's the packers dude they've done this before it's almost identical now we don't know what jordan love will be but he's a first round draft pick who's been developed and grooming on this team for three years behind one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and with this coaching staff so I don't know. It's like no matter what, I don't think the 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 hit yeah. is quite the same as if it was the Jets, you know, letting the one quarterback we found in fifty years go. You know what I mean? It's different, in my opinion. Yeah. We, we have. Uh, so now Douglas goes into uh, how do you feel about the tackle position? A lot of moving pieces uh, in season two, so um, that's that's definitely a a position where we'd like to create some more stability, continuity. Um, especially with, with the injuries we sustained last year. So, uh, you know, Dwayne, Dwayne's under contract. Uh, Max, Max Mitchell's coming back. Max is doing great. Another, another player um, that's recovering. Um, he's doing great. And uh, Makai's doing great. So, um, you know, feel, feel good about, about those three guys coming back. And, and uh, Dwayne's, his, he just had a procedure on his shoulder. Uh, he's recovering uh, well. 
So, uh, but again, you know, as I've said before, O-line, D-line are going to be a high priority for us always. And so if there's an opportunity to upgrade, tackle, center, guard, D-tackle, D-end, you know, we're always going to look at doing that. You know, I haven't had those discussions. I don't think coaches had those discussions with Dwayne yet. Um, but, you know, um, obviously for him to do what he did last year, to play with the injury that he played with, um, which I don't think I don't think we could find a documented tackle that played with the injury that he had uh, for an entire year is a special thing. And um, I know I know um, we hold him in, in very high regard as a person and a player. So, um, you know, let him recover a little bit. We'll have those discussions as the offseason progresses. So what do you think? You think uh, how are you feeling about the tackle position and, and Dwayne Brown playing through the injury? Do you think he comes back? It seems like the Jets don't. Uh, or at least haven't had those discussions with Dwayne yet. I would envision those discussions may hinge on are we getting the veteran quarterback? Like if we're running it back with Zach, Dwayne's probably like, I'm not doing this again. I'm hanging it up. If you're getting Rodgers or Carr, let's run it back one more season, I think. How are you feeling about tackle? Well, I don't know. I mean, Dwayne Brown, he's got a nice hefty number too. So this is, I mean, he's locked in. You know, and even if we if we cut him, he gets what, five, six, I think, no matter I think how it's you like seven. Him. Yeah, it's, we don't save yeah. a whole lot by cutting him. Yeah, I think we saved five. Let, let's take a little look-see here. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right, though. I mean, he's not that – yeah, I don't think he's all that excited about coming back if it's like, hey, look, it all, you know, we had some plans. They all fell through. We're going to run it back with Zach. We feel real good about his progress. I think a lot of people, including Dwayne Brown, are, are going to be like, um, okay, I'm less excited about this coming season. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, when they say we'll have talks with him, I think a lot of it's going to have to do with, you know, hey, dude, we might need you to readjust this contract a little bit. I mean, they signed him. He got a big-ass number because he signed right after Becton went down. Yeah. You know? So we were kind of in a bad spot. So yep. uh, let me see. Dwayne Brown, left tackle, 2023, 11 million cap number. Uh, dead money is 6.3 and, uh, we saved just about five. Yeah. Saving. That's not worth it. Yeah. If, if you're going to pay him six, I'd rather, you know, keep, keep him. him on as, as the emergency tackle, you know, in the backup scenario situation, assuming we get one in the draft here. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, next question up was what's your hope for Zach Wilson through all of this, whether it's Derek or another veteran quarterback, can you keep his status uh, and his development in mind while you're going through all of this? In, in talking with uh, Nathaniel and Todd and, and our staff, um, they're so excited to, to get, get with Zach and start working. I know they've had some, some positive discussions, but Again, our stance on Zach hasn't changed. You know, we feel like Zach has a has a very high ceiling. Um, obviously, the, the first two years haven't played out the way that anybody's hoped, but we still feel like there's a, there's a very high ceiling with Zach. And you know, in my time in the league, I've found that when players love this game and when players work their tails off, they usually hit their ceiling. And so, feel like Zach has those definitely has those traits. So, uh, still feel strong that Zach strongly that Zach's going to be able to hit his ceiling. So what do you think? Zach Wilson going to hit his ceiling if he tries hard and loves football enough? Yeah. Is he ever going to make it to that number two overall status? Well, I think the only chance he has is what they're doing right now. If they marched mm -hmm. him out again as mm -hmm. the starter, 
I think he's toast. And look, we said the same thing with Sam. I mean, you know, Sam was clearly shell-shocked. Uh, mm -hmm. He needed a minute to, like, sit in the back, and Matt Rule said, no, 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 the Jets, I got him. And he stuck him right back in the fire, and we saw what happened to him. Uh, I think Zach is kind of the similar situation. Now, uh, I don't think the scenarios were the same. I think Sam Darnold had the worst offensive line in football for three years, no wide receivers, like he, mm -hmm. you know, two different coaches, no quarterback coach. Zach Wilson had the opposite. He had fucking four quarterback coaches, and uh, granted, maybe not that experienced, but there was a different scenario going on. But I think the, the, um, the result is very, very similar, though. Like, for whatever reason, they were in their head. They could no longer play. Their feet are off. Their their timing's off. Like, oh, their mechanics, they're just really off. And they know how to play the position. So something happened. I think the only chance Zach has, really, is to pull him from the starting lineup, sit him down. I wouldn't even put him at number two, man. I wouldn't. And I think if they do, it's a mistake. Uh, bring him back to number three. Get a guy that if, uh, if Derek Carr, whoever goes down, they can run in there and win a game. Not that we have to watch this kid, <gasps> you know, and do that whole thing again. This season, Zach shouldn't, shouldn't see the ball or the field. If that happens, Ryan, I think, yeah, why can't? He's fucking 20. He's, what is he, 23? You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, he's like the young. second youngest kid in the uh, second youngest quarterback in the NFL. Or maybe it was yeah. the second youngest starter at the time. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look there um yeah. let's see next one he's got a shot yeah yeah i yeah. mean obviously all right so this next one's a doozy of a question uh <laughs> from oh, i was supposed to see josina anderson not rosina anderson uh <laughs> but it says i know you were talking uh about your okay with acquiring a quarterback whether it be by trade or uh what have you when you think about the amount of compensation that it took to acquire quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson and what you have uh, and what have you, uh, what is your philosophy, your thought process on that amount of compensation, particularly in con in comparison to quarterbacks on an excessive, uh, on excessive amounts. So he's talking about, uh, or they're talking about monster contracts and the amount of picks and everything that you have to give up. So here's what Joe Douglas had to say about that. That plays a big factor in terms of trades, and so I feel like we've we've tried to live by the mantra "right player, right price," and and the compensation plays a huge part in that price. And so, um, you know, when we're looking to make a decision like this for the for the Jets, we're going to try to do something that uh, helps us both short term and long term. So Joe Douglas was talking about so, how he wants to do something that helps the Jets for the short term and the long term. He mentioned yeah, yeah. right player, right price. Love that mentality. In the past, I feel like Jet fans have always been like, we don't care. Free agents want all the money in the world. Let's just throw all the money. We got all of it. Let's get them. Let's get the talent in here. We wouldn't have, we've been terrible at drafting. We have to pay outside free agents. And I think having that mindset change to do you want to be here is so, so, so important for the mental side of the psyche of this team uh, in general. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I look. I think it it falls in line with Joe Douglas's overall philosophy. We and we heard it a couple times last year, which is like we're we're aggressive, but we stop when it gets reckless. Like that, I think that's been the defining characteristic of this of this regime. I mean, look, we're we do some wacky stuff. I mean, look, he so he traded Jamal Adams for 
for two firsts and a third. I mean, he's made some really big moves in the trades and the he's traded every single draft. He's not afraid to do that stuff. But we haven't seen that big bloated contract that like you're a prisoner to like Tremaine mm-hmm. Johnson or Muhammad Will, like for three years, Quincy Anunwa was being paid three years after he, or at least two solid seasons after he ever saw the field. He wasn't even on the team anymore, and we were still paying him. Like we don't see that kind of stuff. And I think when he's talking uh, in this particular case, you know, he's saying like, look, we're aware, dude. We're not stupid, all right? We see what our team is. We see that we have an opportunity to kind of try to strike while a lot of our team is young and on these contracts. At the same time, it sounds like he's not totally on board with with mortgaging the future either, though. He doesn't want to get into a situation where it's like, you know, it's all or nothing right now, and if it doesn't work then he's screwed like that's what i get out of this and i think that's smart man that's the way you want to do it it doesn't have to be you know either or pendulum sweep streams it can be somewhere in the middle while being aggressive yeah i completely agree and that sort of response almost told me like you know maybe we're not going to look at a lamar jackson even if he becomes available because you're you're linking yourself to that guy for the next five seasons and i don't know if that's necessarily what what they want to do. I mean, who knows? I guess the quarterback position is a little, little different, but you saw how Russell Wilson playing under one head coach in one city gets moved to another city, new, new locker room, tons of money. The dynamic changes. Uh, Deshaun Watson gets moved from the Texans to the Browns, gets a record setting contract to, to right now has not played to the level of that contract. So Lamar Jackson, are you going to get the return? The, the, the biggest part of the NFL is capturing as much value from the contracts you have. And when you're paying someone that much money, it is very, very tough for that person to live up to that money. Um, So it's interesting. And that's kind of where we're about to head with this next question. Uh, And this one is in regards to Makai Becton. Uh, Two parts. Can you handle him as a starter right now? Or you can't because he hasn't played in two years. And secondly, have you made a decision on his fifth-year option? Makai Becton's fifth-year option is going to be 13-ish, $13.4 million, uh, fully guaranteed. They have to make that decision by, I think it's May 1st of this year. He's going into the fourth year of his contract, which will be the final year of his contract if we do not exercise the fully guaranteed option. Here's what Joe Douglas had to say about that. We don't have to make a decision on the fifth-year option until after the draft. Um, so we're, 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 not, we're not ready to announce uh, any decision on that. Uh, in terms of Makai being able to be a starter, um, I think for any of you guys that were here in the 2020 season, you saw what a healthy Makai can do on the football field and um, how dominant a player that he was as a rookie early in his rookie year. And um, unfortunately, the last few years had been frustrating from, from an injury standpoint. But I can tell you that Makai is in as good of a place now as I've seen him in a long time, and he's working his tail off, and he wants to be the best player that he can be for the New York Jets. So Makai Becton working his tail off. It sounds like, to me, they're not planning to exercise his fifth-year option. In the event maybe we don't get a tackle in the draft, maybe that's where they consider it, because good offensive linemen don't tend to hit free agency, and depending on how the draft shakes out, this is telling me they're eyeing tackle, and if they get the guy they want, they're not going to exercise his option. Is that what you got out of this? 
Yeah, well, yeah. And I think, but and look, and, and he's right too. I think we're at a point where we have a very, very good player on our team. He's super young. People forget Makai Becton's still 23 years old too. We have a very good mm-hmm. player, but it's virtually impossible to depend on him. We can't. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Which is interesting, by the way. Um, because now, granted, it was full seasons, but you know, the last two seasons have been rough. So you figure out you have to account for that. Now, there's other people out there that last two seasons have been rough and they want $50 million a year. So there's that whole thing. But just saying about Makai Becton, like you said, with the the fact that they whether or not they're going to do the fifth-year option, I don't think they can because let's say hypothetically, Ryan, he comes out and game one or in training camp like last year, he does it again. And you don't have – now you're locked in for two more years. Mm-hmm. with a guy who hasn't played in three years. And I think it's just, you just can't do it. Now, it might end up biting you in the ass at the end. You know, look, let's say he has a career year. It ends up being a contract year because you didn't exercise the fifth option. And now he wants, you know, whatever, 17, 18, 19 million dollars. And then you got a decision. You can lose him, right? You dealt with mm-hmm. all the bullshit and now you got to lose the guy or you know, uh, whatever. But uh, anyway, it can go both ways. But I think I tend to agree with what you were saying. Yeah, when you don't exercise the option, I like the, you know, put the players back against the wall. I would rather pay a premium because you proved me wrong as opposed to getting caught with my pants down because I I did a foolish thing and it was like, fool me, you know, what is it? Fool me once, shame on me. Or fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. That's kind of where we're at, but it's like the third time. (laughs) So like, I don't want it to to kind of happen here. Uh, Let's go into the final question here from Joe Douglas. Uh, This one coming from Connor Hughes. You guys are interested, you guys obviously are interested in adding a quarterback that costs money. Right now with the salary cap, basically you guys made a decision which wasn't future yet. When it comes to making salary cap savings, when do you anticipate making it? Played in two years, and uh, I definitely screwed that up. Uh, You have to make a decision. Yeah, sorry. I goofed on the the text there. The question was, you guys obviously made uh, quarterback, when it comes to making salary cap savings, when do you anticipate making the salary cap cuts? Um, Notice that some teams are are doing some of these these restructures now. Uh, We haven't begun that process. Uh, We feel confident. Uh, one, we have a great team, football admin team of, uh, of Dave Sosi and Nick Sabella, and we still have a lot of flexibility. You know, we don't, as you guys know, we don't have, we hardly have any money prorated into the future on our salary cap. So we, we have a great flexibility to create uh, very large amounts of cap space if necessary. So um, you know, we've talked, we've had some initial discussions about the, the avenues of doing that. Um, but I don't anticipate that happening until after the combine. Yeah, so that tells me they are, well, obviously he's at the combine now. I can't imagine he's going to be working on restructured contracts or whoever he has working on restructured contracts when he can't actually meet with the the individuals. But I do think it's important that the Jets have these conversations about the quarterback with the quarterbacks, whether it be Derek Carr or the Packers about Aaron Rodgers, because if you can get a concrete decision on what's actually happening with the quarterback market and you know who you could potentially bring in, 
I don't want to start renegotiations with any of our players until I have the most important position on the field locked up because now that puts me in a position of power saying like, hey, you want to win a Super Bowl here? CJ Mosley, I want to restructure you. We want you to retire a jet here. Let's go for a ring the next two years right. and let's bring back the, the, the linebackers that were with you this year. They're free agents. Let's use the money we restructure from you. Bring them back. Let's go out and, and, and get some other guys. Maybe we restructure John Franklin Myers. You resign, uh, you know, whoever else. But it's just... It's interesting. It's really interesting. And I think they're yeah. waiting on that quarterback news before making any other moves because they're going to save money if they get the quarterback. Well, right. And then like, so which one are you getting? Now, I think, you know, I still get the sneaking suspicion, man, that Rodgers is their guy. Now, right or mm -hmm. wrong, like it or not, the reason that we're not moving in any, you know, with, with Derek Carr, you know, moving forward uh, with Derek Carr, and it's like we haven't done the cuts like you're saying. They're going to see, is Rodgers really available? I do believe that they've had discussions. They can't say that they had discussions and all that stuff. But like mm -hmm. he said, he said, I had great conversations with numerous GMs. The Packers is one of them. Okay, I'm just going to tell you that right now. All right, there's no doubt in my mind. The Packers are one of the teams that they talk to. Um you know, but uh, they're going to find out if if Rodgers is a legitimate option. They're going to find out like if he goes, uh, they're they're going to move. That's what mm -hmm. I think. If he comes out and says yes, then they're going to go for it. If he goes, I don't know, Mom, I need another two weeks, and I'm going to go. I wanted to uh, mow a lawn with my face, and I'm, I'm not, I want to see how that works. You know, the lawn <laughs> face theory. <laughs> I was, yeah, I'm, I'm a big scissor or nail clipper guy when it comes to the lawn. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's interesting, right? Like I, I agree. I think, I think, uh, Joe Douglas, if he has to wait for Aaron Rodgers or if Aaron Rodgers drags his feet a little bit, there's no reason to wait. Like I understand you wanting to get the best possible quarterback possible, but if you are not retaining your own free agents and you're losing some of the talent on the defense, that defeats the purpose of waiting for Rodgers and having the team all loaded in. If people think we're starting Zach friggin' Wilson because you think you might get Aaron Rodgers in months from now, that is dumb, 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 yeah, dumb. You got to pivot to Carr before free agency. Yeah, I agree. You got to know. You have to listen. You have to at least know. So it's, what is it? It's March 13th, right? Negotiation period, right? March mm -hmm. 13th, the 15th, and the 15th is when you could actually start signing, actually inking, right? Mm -hmm. So by March 12th, you either know you have Derek Carr, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers, or you mm -hmm. are aggressively trying to get Derek Carr. You do it before that negotiation, before anyone else can get involved. And with other, you want to make sure that that's what you're doing. And if you miss out, you miss out, then you pivot. But once mm. you find out about Rodgers, dude, if it's no, you aggressively get to Carr, in my opinion, um, mm. before free agency even starts. Completely, completely agree. Richard Delgado uh, dropped in with his 26-month member super chat. Yeah. Says, what about Jared Goff? Uh, Jared Goff is under contract with the Lions. I would be absolutely stunned if they wound up letting him go in any capacity after the season he just had. Uh, he just put up, what, what was it, 4,400 yards, 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. That is impressive for them uh, with a very, very young offense. His contract right now, 
uh, they could move on from him. So he doesn't have any more guaranteed money. He does have a $5 million roster bonus as of March 16th, but his cap number is set to be $31 million, which is 13.7 million, uh, 13.7% of the overall salary cap. The Lions would save almost $21 million by cutting him. I would imagine at 29 years old, the GM that drafted Jared Goff that is now in Detroit is probably going to extend him after a 4,400-yard season uh, with that team. I, I do not think he's going to be an option for the Jets. Wait, the GM that drafted Jared Goff is now he's the GM of the Lions. Oh, I didn't know that. Amazing yeah, that, balls. Right? <laughs> <laughs> when did he wait? wait, wait. You know, because look, ad- admittedly, they traded for him. Really... When, when they traded for him, that's that was the it was the oh, GM that drafted him, oh. traded for traded Stafford to get the guy he drafted. Amazing. He or maybe it was the, maybe he was the VP of player personnel. It, it maybe it wasn't the GM. The GM now of the Lions is the guy wow. that was on staff with the Rams. Yeah, I gotta learn. I gotta learn this right now. I, I gotta know. That's fascinating, <laughs> dude. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, so, so that, Brad Holmes is his name, right? Mm-hmm, so uh, yeah. let me see. Brad Holmes. Let's see when he uh, – let me look at his wiki real fast. Let's do this the quick way, right? Brad yeah. Holmes. So he – So Wentz was drafted Detroit in 2016. Lions. Yeah, so he was 2021. He went to the Lions. So he was with the Rams until 2020, dude. He was yeah. the uh, director of college scouting. From so he scouted. So yeah, yeah, that's what he was. So he was the director of college scouting for the Rams when they drafted Goff. He went over to the Lions, got hired as the GM and the executive vice president, and went and brought Goff with them. Fantastic! I didn't know that was in there. I didn't know that connection. Oh yeah, Maybe. yeah. It was it was interesting. It. My my uh, my one buddy is a Lions fan. Uh, Jay, let's talk lions. Make sure you head over to his YouTube channel. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he was the one that brought that to my attention, uh, two last year, two years, two years ago. And I was like, interesting. I would never have thought like that trade to me felt out of left field. Like I, I knew Stafford had met, I think they, they met down in like Cancun or something with the Rams. If, if, is that what was going on? Or they called him while they were on a retreat in, in Cancun. I don't remember the, the story exactly, but yeah, Jared Goff, uh, drafted, by the, the same guy. Uh, Tony drops in, says, Rogers is an expensive wet dream. Get car. Yeah, it is. Well, that just it. Like, I mean, it's a wet dream right now, but what if you wake up and all of a sudden you're 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 in hell? You're actually with what you were thinking <laughs> and, about and, and, and you're with. You yeah. wake up, you roll over, and all of a sudden you're glancing at Aaron Rodgers and, you know, the yeah. dead fish or whatever the fuck he's got in his... <laughs> <laughs> He's been seeing that weird dark figure in the darkness. Um, yeah, hey, look. did you see the dark retreat? I, I put it in my uh, – if you guys want to see what the dark retreat looks like, it's in this this week's podcast on mm-hmm. my channel. But, yeah, I actually looked at, like, they go inside the room and they did a whole thing and, like, you actually could see it. Did you take a minute and look at that, Ryan? I, I saw you put it up. I did not watch the entire thing, though. I, oh, I like, cool. glanced over it and I was like, oh, that's cool. I got to go back to it. I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's it's just it's it's worth taking a look at. I mean, we're all interested. I mean, what does yeah. it look like in there? You know, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to see if you uh, if you checked it out. I I was fascinated by it. It's really interesting to me. I might it's do cool. it. I I like the mental health side of things. Um, yeah. I think that's the the interesting part for me because I I'll be honest. I, it sounded really fucking weird the first time I heard it. I was like, what? This guy's gonna sit in the dark for four hours, like four days. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. And then I'm like, as I start hearing about stuff throughout the week, I'm like, ah, you know what? If it gets him in the right mental headspace and life is fucking hard and, you know, it, whatever you got to do as a person to get by, whatever. <laughs> you know, you got to got to sit in the darkness for four days because it clears your mind. You're going to, you know, live a better life because of it. Gravy. Do it, dude. Yeah. Well, think about it. You know, uh, you have I and the video that I watched about it, you the human body has 11 million bits of stimuli per second 10 million of which are through the eyes per second so think about if you could remove all that stimulus all of it for an extended period of time what are you left with who are you who is that person we don't even know we got dude i got all little computer that's what i'm doing now and i'm like I can't even, you know, I can't take a, a second without some sort of stimulus. So what does it look like? And that's interesting, man. You know, like I said, I wanted to do silent retreats. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I, you know, anyway, this is while I wouldn't I'm not ready to do something like this. It's definitely attractive to me and on some level because of that, like shutting out the world and actually being with yourself. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Amazing. Completely, completely agree. Uh, I saw, where did this question come in? Uh, Southern Jet drops in with a question. Ah, see, someone paid attention. Someone paid attention to the, the channel guidelines. I added a little channel guidelines. You had a little cue with a with the colon if I run out of Super Chats or something like that. You, there's a question in there. I might get to it. Um, Southern Jet says, if we sign Ridgers, Rogers, <laughs> Carr or Jimmy, uh, that means Teams D can't stack the box much so where do you see the biggest beneficiary offensive scheme wise of more uh so so that's where you see more open field to maneuvering uh so what's the biggest benefit to having a quarterback is i think what the the gist of that question is um yeah look you have a quarterback on the field it changes a lot of what you do especially a quarterback potentially like rogers that gets you 45 and and seven or something like that with touchdowns interceptions or even car 25 touchdowns and 10 interceptions Regardless, we have not had over 10 touchdowns from our starting quarterback in over three years. So for me, yeah, I I think there's going to be a huge benefit. You're going to have the – we saw it at the beginning part of this season actually with this defense – getting leads on teams not necessarily because we were a really good team but because we were facing some backup quarterbacks we did have some skill you know in in some of that and whatnot but we saw the impact of what playing with a lead can do with the skill sets that we've brought in you've brought in a lot of money in terms of draft capital and financial uh payments to the defensive line. You brought in a ton of financial commitment to the secondary. So how do you take advantage of that? You pass rush and you take advantage of the pressure on the quarterback by intercepting the ball. And when teams are taking the lead to us and now they have to run the ball and run the clock out, now we are not playing to our strength. And you started to see that after the bye week when we could not generate any offense and teams just kind of ran on us and we had nothing to do. The defense just just sat back and I think they got gassed by the end of the year. Um, Not not totally, totally, but I do think that um, playing with a lead will help the defensive side of the ball. At the same time, it's going to help Brees Hall and the running backs. Now, imagine having a quarterback that can bomb it over the top and you have faith that this guy's actually going to complete a pass. Like, that type of pressure. We haven't had that quarterback on this team since Brett Favre. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick did some of that in 2015, Mm -hmm. but when you really look back, Ryan, Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't have a great year. Brandon Marshall was ridiculous. 
that year. Mm. The catches he was making. Because you're you're so right, dude. Like having that confidence, like sure, we could every quarterback we've had has completed deep stuff. Sam Tarabi, McCown, like everybody can do it. But knowing that your quarterback, when he does it, when there's when Garrett Wilson's got two steps on his cornerback streaking down the sideline or over the middle on a post, you know, dude, that's money. My quarterback's mm. hitting him. And we haven't seen that, dude. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I think, to be fair and completely honest, I think healthy, I think uh, Rodgers, Carr, and Jimmy G all give you that. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the thing. Um, you know, it, it all depends on on which way we go. But having that, you're so right, dude, because then like Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Bam Knight, those guys um, – what they can now do without eight, nine, dude, there were games at the end. They had nine of their 11 players keyed on the run, stacking mm. the box. How the hell are you supposed to run like that? And our line is decimatedly injured. So it's like, you know, while they did a decent job considering, we didn't have the O line to like be able to blow through that madness because they've said, dude, we don't give a shit. Zach Wilson, we have zero fear of Zach Wilson. And they showed it. And if we have a quarterback that can actually make them pay, Brees Hall's going to light it up, baby. And that's what we're looking for. Dude, imagine a play action pass. You have Brees Hall or some type of RPO where it's like, oh no, Brees is about to get the ball. And now all of a sudden you bomb it over the top to the six foot three speed demon coming back, uh, you know, having himself a comeback year in Denzel Mims. That's my dream. I want Denzel Mims to be catching like a streak (laughs) right down the field. The excitement we had on draft day, I want to feel that again. Yeah, that was a great day, man. It was a great pick. Mm -hmm. Those first two picks... Uh, in, they were the right 20, picks, right? They were the like, right. Well, I shouldn't picks. say the right, but 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 you know, it's it's. I I'll let you finish in just a second because I heard something really cool yeah. the other day, and it was like there's something to be said for making a bad pick at the time of selection and making a good pick with bad results. I think both Denzel yeah. Mims and Makai Becton and Zach Wilson were all good picks at the time that wound up being bad not bad picks at the time. Now, you yeah. can argue, you know, Worf's first Becton, I guess, but we needed a left tackle. So why would you draft the right tackle when you you wanted to move him over to the other side? Like, I, there were there were thought processes involved there. Uh, but Greenbean, I, I want to hear your thoughts. No, no, I, I completely concur, dude. I mean, that's the thing. Like, the picks, this was, this was the difference with Joe Douglas, okay, from where we were coming from. The previous two GMs, and even to some degree three, Mike Tannenbaum did this as well, but Idzik and McCagden for six straight years were completely lost on positional value, who the right player was for the team. Remember, Mike McCagden didn't even allow the scouts to talk to the coaching staff. So like we were completely divided. We picked the wrong positions. Like We weren't just making bad picks. We were picking the wrong position. So to see Joe Douglas come in here, and like you said, you could have argued that Werfs was a better pick. And and look, we talked about it that night. That was the first night that we were live uh, yep. for the draft together. And we all thought it's going to be Werfs. He's the safer mm-hmm. pick. But Becton's kind of more exciting, and he's the true left tackle. 
and he went with the left tackle. It made perfect sense. It was a swing for the fences for his first pick. The fact that he's injured, of course, it makes the pick look like it's bad results, but he's still 23, so we don't know. But the same thing with Denzel Mims. Now, you can argue we were, uh, I think we were at 48, and we traded back mm. to 59. You can argue when, when he traded back, uh, Claypool, Van Jefferson, mm. and another guy, I forget who it was, were still there. So mm -hmm. that's the thing, you know, like when you look at the trade, Joe Douglas is saying, you know, I'm going to get one of these receivers. I have them rated all kind of in the same pocket. I'm going to take mm -hmm. the, the, the two thirds that he got for it or so from Seattle, I think it was. And, um, and then I'm going to get one of these guys. So it, it, the logic is there, although the argument could be made, Hey, you should have just taken Van Jefferson, but I don't know mm. if that's necessarily the case either. Because, again, left tackle, big, strong, wide receiver made so much sense. And it was the first time that we'd seen that in a long time. That's why it was so refreshing, even if they never make it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's coming from, you know, the Sam Darnold years of he doesn't have the offensive line. He has no weapons. So, like, we're going to go out and we're going to get the best ones at that right. spot. And, and I think they tried to do that. Uh, RJ McPott. Hops in, says, interesting option. If Rodgers or Carr is gone, Matt Stafford. The Rams seem to be having a silent fire sale. Where's your rank on Matt Stafford as an option if available? Um, I don't know. Let me, let me, let me just, I, I would say no. I think he's got back problems, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he's 35 years old. He's going, or he's going into his 35-year-old season, I guess. Uh, his option is guaranteed. I don't know what that necessarily means as of March 17th. They can't even move him. He's got a massive contract. He's there for the next two years. That would like, if they tried to trade him pre-June 1st, they're hit with a $54 million dead cap hit, RJ McPot. So that's not going to be a possibility. Stafford's going to be a, uh, a lion. Or uh, not a lion, a, a ram. Uh, let's see, we got Tigo dropping in with a question. Tigo says, uh, not for the Jets. What surprise quarterback becomes available this offseason that no one expected to become available? And why is it Dak Prescott? Ooh, this is a good question. Um, and I do think Dak Prescott is an interesting one. I don't know how the money would work out because he definitely has a weird, uh, it, they'd have to maneuver a little bit to, to make it work. Because So if Dak gets traded pre-June 1st, the Cowboys would lose $9 million in salary cap space. He's going into the final, not the final, but the, the last year of his guaranteed money. Um, so let's see, where are the Cowboys at in cap space? So right now the Cowboys are sitting at, is it $7 million below this or $7 million above the salary cap? I think it's possible. Like, you could always make the numbers work out. You just restructure a contract, you wind up moving the guy. But Dak could be one that happens. I just, Dak was someone that I would have loved to get in free agency when he was, you know, possibly heading that direction. But seeing how he's played in Dallas, he's been on the big stage. He's played fine, but he had a good offensive line. He had great running backs. He's got great receivers. He's got a fantastic defense. And he couldn't get it done. Like, yeah. Yeah, like I, as much as he would probably be the best quarterback we've had in a very long time, 
I'm kind of out on on Prescott. I I think if there were a surprise trade, he might be the one because I do think that there's you know maybe a little yeah. distaste for him right now. Um, what about you? Do you think there? What do you? How do you feel about Dak Prescott? And is there another quarterback that you think might get traded? I feel the exact same way, and you outlined it perfectly. It's not just like uh, like when you look at Carr. Like we're looking at Carr and all the shit he's overcome to have a four thousand yard season. Dak mm. Prescott, you're looking around at this team, like dude, that's every quarterback's wet dream. The mm. defense, the running game, the wide receivers, the offensive line, the tight ends. It's like he's got everything, and he's not all that effective, dude. It's not mm. bad. He's not terrible. But I don't love Zach. Or, uh, well, I don't love either one. I don't love Zach <laughs> and Dak. Uh, <laughs> Freudian slip. But uh, I, don't I don't love Dak Prescott. I'd be really concerned. Like, you're going to give up something for him? You do know if they're trading him, that's a dump. Like, that's what they're doing. They're dumping his contract and whatever. So I don't know. They'd have to throw in maybe uh, a um, – what's the guy's name? Parson. Um, Micah Parsons. Yeah. Throw that guy <laughs> in. Trade, trade us Dak Prescott and Micah Parsons. We'll give you a first. That's uh, right. I'll conditional give you Trader, tra Trader Joe got you. Yeah, I'll give you um. Zach. You give me Dak and Micah Parsons. <laughs> How's that sound? <laughs> um, but I, I don't, another quarterback, I, I don't know, Ryan. Maybe uh, Sam Darnold will be on the block. What do you think? He's he's available, Sammy boy? Oh, maybe. I, so a, a contract that I thought might be able to get moved, it's a little weird, but I don't think it makes sense because he's injured, and I don't think you can actually trade him. And it's Kyler Murray is sort of the outside-the-box person that – you know, maybe could get moved. Basically, uh, he has a $36 million guarantee that kicks in on the 10th day of the league year this year. So if you're the Cardinals right now, like the cap hit's not bad. He's missing, you know, three quarters of the season, half the season, whatever it is. Is there a situation where the new head coach who they had a tough time hiring because of Kyler Murray do you think there's any thought process in maybe moving him? I don't know. It, like, I know it would be selling low because it's an injured quarterback. I don't know if you could even move him because he's not going to be able to pass a physical. But, like, if the if the Cardinals think he's not the guy, rather than waiting until after next season when it becomes financially uh, reasonable to, to move on from him, would they rather take the dead cap hit this year, bottom out this year when he's not going to be on the field this year, than maybe moving him next year and wasting two years potentially. Um, I don't know. I I think it's less likely, but if I had to think an outside-the-box situation, maybe that's it. I, I would not want any part of Kyler. I don't like him at Dude. all. I think when you have to put in a study clause into a contract, yep. you should study not be offering clause. that contract. Dude, they just gave it to him too. That oh, dude, so the ink stupid. is still wet. You know so what I mean? Bad. Dude, so bad. let's look at it. So it's a uh, it's a five year, two hundred and thirty million dollar contract, including a twenty nine million dollar signing bonus, one hundred and eighty nine thousand five hundred thousand, one hundred eighty nine million five hundred thousand guaranteed, with an annual salary of forty six million point one, uh, forty six point one million. Uh, I would say that is what we call an albatross, and if he can't make it there, then they're like the cat, dude, they're stuck with him, in my opinion. Unless there's, look, all you need is one, right, Ryan? You need one GM to go, you know what? I can do it. 
And so maybe, mm -hmm. but generally I think that, dude, they just gave him this and it doesn't look very good. And I think they're going to be stuck with them. And uh, he's look, he's got a torn ACL on top of it all. Jeez. That's a yeah, mess I mean, up there. That's like, it's such a bad contract. I really, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't like Kyler Murray. He's the one quarterback I think in the NFL that I don't care what it is. If someone, if they're like, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll trade him to you for a seventh round pick. I don't want him. I think he completely undermines your entire organization. I, I don't think he's yeah. the guy you want as the highest paid dude on your team. Yeah. I mean, look, I never loved Kyler Murray in the first. I never, like, I, I don't, I don't really have that strong of feelings toward him one way or the other. So it's mm -hmm. not like he's a guy who bothers me specifically. I've been rooting against him uh, the whole time because I didn't want Cliff Kingsbury uh, to succeed. So there's mm -hmm. that, you know what I mean? So, but so I've been rooting against him, but like, I never thought he was all that impressed. Like he, he's talented, super crazy athletic, all those things. But I always kind of waited for it to pop and it did every year. And, um, I don't think too many people are all that blown away. He's what six foot even, right? Something mm -hmm. like that. He's small. Uh, and, uh, and look now he's got the ACL and I don't know, man. I don't know. I think that he's not necessarily attractive right now. And the Cardinals put everything they had into that guy. And, dude, they they gave him more toys than anybody else in the league, in my opinion. They went out and got him anything he needed, anything mm -hmm. he wanted. and he They and got they, Zach Ertz. They got DeAndre Hopkins. They go yeah. out and get – yeah, it's, they drafted it's, wide receivers every year, you know? Yep. They, gave them they surrounded them. It's, I think it's a bad contract. Boys and girls, drop a, drop a like. For every 25 likes we get, we're going to pick a t-shirt qualifier in just a few minutes here. We're almost at the end of our stream. Uh, and if you want to get into next week's t-shirt giveaway and you're watching this after the fact or listening to it after the fact, all you got to do is leave a comment down below this video and get entered into next week's t-shirt giveaway. Uh, Ibrima John comes in, says, could the Jets afford to pay Lamar Jackson like in a trade like three firsts and Zach Wilson and a third in 2025 thoughts? Uh, the Jets could pay Lamar Jackson. The, we can, I think we can get any quarterback we want. We, we just don't have a ton of money tied up in future years at this point. The issue with Lamar for me is, is obviously you're giving up the equivalent in this case. You know, let's forget Zach Wilson. Let's forget the third round pick in 2025. Three first round picks, that's 15 combined years of dirt cheap, <laughs> like really talented player in the NFL. And you're giving up 60 or 50, let's call it $50 million a year to Lamar Jackson, which, you know, it, when compared to, let's say like a Derek Carr is an extra Carl Lawson player that you're without. So you're talking right, right. now four players at a, like a lot of not like not a whole lot of money, but a lot of good players by, by bringing in Lamar Jackson. Um, I wouldn't do it specifically because I think the Ravens are a really good organization. And if they're passing on Lamar, there's a reason. That's it, man. I think it speaks volumes, dude. <clears throat> like you have to look at the people who know him best are drawing a line in the sand. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's not like they're, kind of this uh, loose cannon operation. It's not the Raiders. It's not mm -hmm. the Browns. You know what I mean? It's not the Jets. It's, it's the Ravens. You know what I mean? It's the Ravens, dude. They are fiscally responsible. Like, they're they're very well run and coached, for that matter. And, uh, and they're saying no. You know what I mean? They're saying mm -hmm. no. So why would some shitbox organization – 
uh, go in there and 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 when when you look around the league, the Kyle Mur- the Kyler Murray, the Deshaun Watson, the Russell Wilson, and they all look like they might not be worth it. At least the early returns. I think it's kind of silly to just bypass and ignore all those warning signs, namely way up at the top, the fact that the Ravens are drawing their line. I think that you got to pay attention to things like that. Rich Vitale drops and says the one year that Carr had a top 20 defense, he had 12 wins. Yeah, Derek Carr, and not to mention, like, they they talk about the Raiders' success or lack thereof under Carr. He broke his leg in the second-to-last game that year, so he doesn't play in the end of the game he was in, and he doesn't play in the following game. The Raiders ended up tying with the Kansas City Chiefs that year. They lost the tiebreaker because they lost the final game of the season because they didn't have their starting quarterback. The Chiefs then got the first round by, ended up beating, I think it was the Steelers by like a point or two. And Derek Carr was considered the third place person for MVP that season. So yeah. if you're telling me Derek Carr gets into the playoffs, I think against that potential Steelers team, if that's the case, if you figure, you know, it's just flip-flopped, you know, seating wise. I think they wind up winning that game, and you're talking about Derek Carr being in an AFC championship game against Tom Brady to try and get to the Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons. And I think we're having a slightly different conversation about Derek Carr now. So 12 wins with a with a top 20 defense and Derek Carr, I think we can absolutely you know win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. I think he's every bit as good as an Eli Manning, as a Nick Foles, as a Matt Ryan, and yeah. if the NFL is in any given Sunday league, that's all you need. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And in my opinion, he's better than some of those guys, than Eli Manning, with all due respect. But I think mm-hmm. Derek Carr is actually better than these guys. Look, like was said, the one year he had a top 20 defense, top 20, not top five. And let me just remind you, when we say top 20, we mean 20, not top 20, meaning 17th. The 20th, that's the high, that's the best defense Derek Carr has ever had is 20th, okay? 19 defenses were still better. Imagine what he can do with not only Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, and all the rest, but with a top five defense that actually doesn't blow the leaves that he's built. Again, the the big one for this year is they, the Raiders were 3-5 and five in games that they led by two touchdowns or more some of those were three touchdowns some of those were 17 points so Derek Carr got them into a position where they were up by two touchdowns and the defense couldn't hold it you know so uh anyway I think it's a really great point and you're right man you know he's perfectly good enough uh to have those really great games he's been in MVP conversations he's been to the Pro Bowl and uh you know again you put him on this team, and I think he's I think he's more than adequate for what we're trying to do. I don't think it's like we're I don't think he's a, a poor man's anything. I think he's a top quarterback in the NFL. Arizona Jet drops and says, Can I go live with you guys? You can call into my Monday call-in show and we'll talk some ball there. But this one is for just for Greenbean and I. That's Arizona Jet. Call into the talking jets or call into the uh, the call in show on Mondays. We'll talk some ball there. Uh, all right, we have Who's Arizona uh, Jet. Do I know Arizona Jet? Who's that? I have not met Arizona Jet, so I'll have to have to look it up. Huh. Hey, um, what's up? But call in. Anyone yeah. can call in. But sure, I'll, I'll talk some ball with you. Um, 
Yeah, so we've we've kind of hit the end of our show here. Greenbean, how are you looking on uh I'm ready. On Let me do one more. I'll do one right, more. Do, yeah, what do we got here? We got two six weeks. Okay, I'm on it. And then hey, I'll last go call. Last call, guys. If you haven't hit the like button, go ahead and hit it now. Uh for every 25, I'm gonna pull another qualifier for the free t-shirt. Uh, if you do it right now, I'll I'll count it, but we only got like another minute and then we're going to shut it down. So what I'll do is I'll read off five people from last week's stream. So while you guys are hitting the like button and we're looking for some more qualifiers, I'm going to rattle these off for Green Bean. Uh, let's see. Let's go with, uh, let's go chop liver. All right, wait, hold on. I'm getting back to the winner list. Okay, there is it. There it is. Did you say chopped liver? Chopped liver. Oh, come on. That guy's got to win. <laughs> let's go uh mojo jets mojo jets okay. um let's do <laughs> i don't know if you've seen this guy in your comments at all maximum flatulence oh, everything man. he comments on my channel is is some sort of fart related <laughs> comment oh yeah staying on theme <laughs> oh yeah he's consistent there you go. Counts for something. Uh, let's go. Up for debate with Scoop. Okay. And uh, let's go. Uh, let's go. Rich Vitale. Rich Vitale sent in a super chat, and he was also commenting on last week's stream. Yeah. I oh, did he get in here I too? Have. I have Rich Vitale. You want to put him in twice? Yeah, we'll put him in twice. Let's put him in twice. Yeah, because he commented on yeah. the thing too. Why not? Right. Sure. Rich Great. Vitale, you're breaking the mold here. We've never done this. We're putting you in twice. <laughs> Joe S uh, coming in on the uh, on the chat here. All I right. like it. I like it. Arizona Jet drops in again, says, I've been a fan since 2006. Love the pods, guys. Dude, 2006 was a... Uh, Solid year. Solid draft. That was the oh yeah, that was the year with Mangold and Brick. That's that was right. after a not so solid season. <laughs> that was when not so we, solid. We had the yeah. yeah, that was the year after the Nugent draft. That was yeah. Well, that was when we interestingly that was when we traded Herm Edwards to the Chiefs <laughs> mm -hmm. and and stole Mangini from the Patriots, which pissed Bill Belichick off. Which Mangini busted him for Spygate. It started a whole chain reaction there, man. That was an interesting year, 2006. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's. You have those written down. I want to get your thoughts real quick on this. I'm going to end the poll question. We have 545 votes on the poll question. Uh, which would you prefer, Carr at $40 million per year for five years or Rodgers for a second and a conditional first? Um, it's 57% car, 42% Rogers. If that were to be how it shook out as far as a second and a first for Rogers or a second and a conditional first for Rogers or five years at car with $40 million, which would you prefer green bean? That's pretty close. 57 to 42. Um, look, I'm, I, I want to make sure that I say it again. I'm of the thought process that Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback, right? So I don't, I don't think yeah. we're you know, that there's too much to talk about there. 
But again, there's lots of other variables in here. And if, if Derek Carr is good enough to win, then those other variables come into play. I would probably go with Carr for $40 million per year for five years, keep my mm-hmm. draft picks and all that jazz, rather than give up a, a, a second and maybe a first or whatever, and the mm-hmm. just the, the extra cash. What is he, $45 million? You know better than I do what Rogers so, money is, but there's yeah, lots of Rogers. It's like 15 million this year. I think it's 32 next year. And then it's like 60 million the year after that, as far as like a dead cap hit. So you're, you're, you're getting the brunt of like all that, but you're going for, for a win these next two years. I would go for Aaron Rodgers if it was a if it was a second round pick and a conditional one because I'd imagine the conditional one would be tied to like him coming back like as long as he says before the draft that I was like hey I'm gonna play football uh, you know we'll do that or maybe we get to the Super Bowl this year and it turns into a conditional first totally fine with that as well I'll give up a first all day if it means the Jets are in the Super Bowl um, I like Derek Carr a lot I think there's an, enough maybe. I wouldn't be upset if they signed Derek Carr for five years, $40 million a year, because I think it's possible that could be what ultimately gets done anyway. Um, but given the two options, I like the second round pick for Rodgers. Um, and then hopefully maybe it you know makes 10 years of Zach. I don't know. I, I don't want to overblow the personality of Carr to the point where I deny a, a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron yeah. Rodgers. No, I'm with, I'm that, with that, you that, too. That's sort of yeah. where I'm at. I just, you know what? Here's the thing. Like, so there's all the things we talked about: <clears throat> draft picks, p- you know, potential personality conflicts. Like Joe Klecko came out this week and said he just he sees Aaron Rodgers as a potential like bomb, just dropping a bomb on a really tight group, uh, good character team. So there's all mm-hmm. that potential, whether or not it happens. But then the other thing that concerns me, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I hear it talked about a little bit, but it's the idea that. The max is two years, you're getting them, but what if after one year, now we're the Packer fans. We're wondering mm-hmm. if he's going to stay, and he decides to retire. Mm-hmm. So we get this one year. If it's not a Super Bowl, then it's for nothing. Like, I'm concerned about that. Like, I think there's value to the idea that you get a top 10 quarterback, arguably, for five, six years, and maybe he plays for 10 more and you sign him again and you have your guy for the next decade Mm -hmm. rather than like kind of shooting your wad for that one big swing. I don't know. It scares me a little bit. So that's also in my thought process. So I want to just get into Aaron Rodgers' contract real quick. In the event he were to retire uh, next offseason, like it was a – you know, let's say he, we get to the after the Super Bowl and he's like, oh, OK, you know, I'm done or I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Uh, we're going to need a decision because or he'd have to at least move his option. He has a February 10th option where he's going to get a I think another he's like 40 million dollars or something like that. Thirty million dollars. The Jets would save would be hit with a forty five million dollar dead cap hit as opposed to the 60 million dead cap hit the following year. So it's weird because there's another option bonus in there. So it's not quite as detrimental as I otherwise would have thought. Um, but I think at that point, if he wants to retire next year, you'd ask him to move his option to June like third and then have him retire June 2nd. And then it would, you know, you'd split it over two years. So maybe it's 20 million dead cap for two years in 2024 and 2025, as opposed to the $60 million dead cap hit in, uh, 2025. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little odd. It's messy. It's messy. No, but Ryan, real quick, can't they just renegotiate with him, though? Can we just say, hey, 
screw that contract. Well, for the next two years or whatever, we're going to make it this. Sure. Can't we just do yeah. that? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, the only thing that you'd have to probably guarantee is is the same ish amount of money as long as he's he's playing. So. I mean, if there were cap numbers that were structured a certain way, I, the bigger issue with me is the $60 million dead cap at the end of the contract. Like right. if he wants to sign a 10 year deal, <laughs> we can take $10 million cap hits for, or, you know, let's call it six year deal beyond the two years. And you get $10 million cap hit, you know, for those years or whatever, then sure. But I don't, I, I guess that won't work. Cause then he'd have to not retire. And then he's not going to the hall of fame for even longer. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, like I, I'm clearly, I know that the Rodgers people don't hear me saying, mm. I think Rodgers is the better quarterback. I would be ex incredibly excited if we got him. They don't hear me saying that um, because they only hear me saying that I think Carr's better. It's not what I think. I said, when you look at this, you know what I mean? When you look at the situation and the potential for mm. it to go ass backwards on you, Aaron Rodgers brings a lot of that, dude. He just he brings a lot of noise that I'm a little nervous about. That's that's what it is. And it's and it's expensive and draft picks and everything else. You know what I mean? I'm kind of hoping he wants to come back, but he says he doesn't want to be traded. And that's sort of like not that I'm hoping for that to happen because it would be very exciting to see him trot out onto the field week one, but like I've almost talked myself into like Derek Carr because of like the the love of <laughs> the personality, and I'm I'm at a weird point. I just want it over. Um, all right, we've we've reached the end of our stream here. Let's let, yeah. let's do this. We've got some odds or evens to take care of for our T-shirt qualifiers. Do we have everyone? We have over 300 likes. Oh yeah, we got everybody. All right, three, two, one. That's a four evens. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Even. So Duncan McLean is out. Jose Moya is out. Julio Rivera, you're out. Sorry. Eric's Life 500 is out. Rob DeMob is out. I didn't. That's funny. I wrote it down. I didn't read it like that. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. Rob DeMob. Rob DeMob. Uh, <laughs> Mojo Jets, you're out. Uh, up for debate with Scoop is out. And Joe S. The Aaron Rodgers loving fool he is, is out. Okay, sorry, Joe. We're ready. All right, three, two, one. That's a seven. It's an odd. Gin I'm going to have to do this. When, 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 when Shay is old enough to stay up this late, we're going to do odds or evens. Or maybe we'll do it early a day. <laughs> okay, uh, seven. Yeah. Is that an odd or an even? I'm yeah, right. Well, yeah, that's right, man. Right? School all over the place. <laughs> always learning. Oh, yeah. Always learning. Jinpak, you're out. It's Snoopy is gone. Rich Vital, Vitali, one of yours is gone. Chopped liver mm -hmm. is out. Oh, and the other Rich Vitali is out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rich. Both of them Clear are gone. the stage. How many we got left? Yeah. Uh, one, two, four. Four. Okay. Three, two, one. That's a three. Thumb counts. Three. Okay. Oh, nope, nope. Hennessy, you're out. And Adam S. is out. We're down to Rico the Pup and Maximum Flatulence. Ooh, first number in the chat after Phil's priceless comment, plus whatever we throw up. Three, two, one. We got a six. A six plus a four is a 10. It's an even number. Who we got is the winner. <laughs> Rico the Pup is the winner of the t-shirt tonight. He's not in here now, but Rico the Pup, you win. 
I love okay, it. Rico guys. the Pup, reach out to me on, uh, hit me up at jetstalk247 at gmail.com. I'll get your shipping information. I'll let you pick out a shirt and I'll ship it out to you. But thank you so much for hanging out with us and uh, and winning that shirt. Uh, but we've hit the end of our stream tonight. And I want to toss it over to Green Bean to give us his closing thoughts. I just want to make sure everybody understands that Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, okay? <laughs> uh, it's very, very important that we also understand that nothing has happened yet. The fact that we're tired is on us. It's nothing has happened. So we just got to remember that going in. We're going to do it right. Joe Douglas is going to do it right. We're going we're, we're gonna to get the right guy. Guys, we're going to hang out in 15 minutes over at Green Bean Jets Fan on YouTube. We're going to do the After Hours Jets Fest tonight. Cut it up for a little bit. Maybe I'll have Ryan on as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to keep this party rolling. Mutt yeah, Files yeah, drops so in with a last second super chat says no matter who we get at quarterback we are going to the super bowl this roster is too talented to not be in the dance car rogers lamar jimmy g herbert doesn't matter the new york jets will be super bowl dubs mutt viles your lips god's ears that's right <laughs> well said mutt viles well said <laughs> good so stuff boys yeah. and girls yeah, so we're gonna meet over there in a little bit ryan I love it. Make sure you head over to Green Bean Jets Fan. Check out the After Over After Hours Jets Fest over there. Uh, but thank you guys so much. We'll be here uh, next week, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. We'll have our buddy O'Leary with us as well. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S. I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So, yeah, when you feel as if your back's against the wall, you never have to feel like you got to do it by yourself. You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one to Mims. That's Corey Davis climbing the ladder. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like kind of like a sign, like get like a second chance almost. Gets extra pushes, running left. Maybe a little extra life breathing in the locker. Touchdown, Jets!